This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. We begin with the federal indictment of President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, on tax charges. Earlier this year, Hunter Biden entered into a plea agreement with the Justice Department on two misdemeanor tax charges. The deal collapsed after facing scrutiny from a U.S. District Court judge. Hunter was indicted in September by another federal grand jury in Delaware on felony charges that he lied about being a drug user on an application to buy a gun. He pleaded not guilty to those charges. There is so much daylight between this indictment and the plea deal that fell apart in July. I was in that Delaware court when it went sideways. That was a deal for two misdemeanor tax charges of a failure to pay, failure to file, and then this diversion program for the felony gun possession. And when that deal fell apart, I don't think anyone quite realized what the ramifications would be. And it's landed us here today with this 56-page indictment. These are very serious felony charges in this case that was absent in the plea deal. And then in addition, you have these misdemeanor tax charges. The House of Representatives voted to censure New York Democrat Jamal Bowman. The vote stemming from this incident where Bowman pulls a fire alarm while the chamber was in session discussing a bill to avoid a shutdown deadline. In its history, the chamber has only censured 27 people. Bowman is the third person to be censured by the chamber this year. 204 Republicans voted to censure Bowman. 191 Democrats voted against this measure, but three Democrats did vote along with Republicans. Now, the 47-year-old progressive was summoned to stand in the well as the resolution was read. The House has resolved that the House of Representatives censures Jamal Bowman, representative from the 16th Congressional District of New York. Meantime, Mayor Adams was in Washington today, you could say dialing for dollars to bail the city out of the migrant crisis. This, as new polls show, his approval rating has dropped to record lows. Eric Adams is apparently no longer the apple of New Yorkers' eyes. In his trip to Washington, a makeup visit after abruptly leaving the Capitol after an FBI raid did little to convince voters he can bring home the bacon. Reporters wanting to know why the man with the purse strings declined to meet with him. In the annals of power politics, it was an embarrassing moment. Reporters following Mayor Adams to his car with a question about why he's been unable to get federal aid to deal with the migrant crisis. Is he making this more painful for you? Did President Biden specifically decline to meet with you, Mr. Mayor? This is guys. Um... The mayor ducking into his car as a new poll shows the mayor's political future may hang on his ability to prevent the migrant crisis from destroying the city. He needs state and federal aid to do that. The mayor's approval rating has fallen to 28 percent, the lowest recorded by Quinnipiac University since it started polling 27 years ago. Voters are unhappy with just about everything. 60 percent disapprove of his handling of crime. 52 percent don't like his school policies. 66 percent turn thumbs down on his budget skills. 66 percent say no go to his migrant policies. And experts say his ability to get reelected could hang on dealing with the migrant crisis. The first night of Hanukkah and the message of light driving out darkness carries even more meaning this year. The holiday beginning exactly two months after the start of the Israel-Hamas war and on the same day a shooting happened at a temple upstate. The strength of the Jewish community on full display from the lights of the Empire State Building to the world's largest menorahs. It is Jewish tradition to light the menorah on Hanukkah as a proud display of religious identity. But for many this year that tradition rings thread. Now, 
the NYPD was already on heightened alert and is now implementing even more security around public menorah displays. And tonight, some Jewish New Yorkers told us to celebrate Hanukkah loudly is especially important this year. The first night of Hanukkah did not go without a reminder of rising anti-Semitism amid the Israel-Hamas war. Hours earlier, a 28-year-old man was arrested for shooting two shotgun rounds on the steps of Temple Israel in Albany. Nobody was injured, but police are investigating this as a hate crime. We were told by uh, responding officers that he made a comment, uh, free Palestine. For some Jews, this painful moment inspires them to stand together. Hundreds gathered and danced in Midtown to light what's considered the largest menorah in the world. Everywhere you go to worship and celebrate this great holiday, that you will be safe because there is no room for hate in the great state of New York. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital,
43 years ago tonight during a Monday night football game between the Dolphins and the Patriots. A big AFC East matchup, I believe, uh, not really important in the story. The Pats won the game. I think they won 16-13. I think John Smith kicked a game-winning field goal. may not have been him. I'm not even sure. But um, nevertheless, Howard Cosell coming on the air and telling us all, John Lennon, dead on arrival. And, you know, there was a, um, a pretty good little argument inside that booth. I believe the uh, the three that night were, well, as always, uh, Howard Cosell and Dandy Don Meredith. And I think it was Gifford, Frank Gifford. But um, some of the guys didn't think that the football game was the right place to do this. So when Rune Orledge, who was uh, Mr. ABC back then, I guess called Cosell in the booth and said, should we do this? And there was a little argument back and forth. This is what I hear. I don't know. And Cosell decided to do it. He knew he had a huge audience. Monday Night Football back then was huge. There was only three or four networks, not like now. And that was probably the last, maybe John Madden, maybe John Madden, but that was probably the last time people actually cared about the announcers because they played a major part in entertaining the audience. That was the best ever. Cosell, Meredith, Gifford, even guys back then like O.J. Simpson and Brand Tarkenton. But Cosell did tell us on that night 43 years ago today that John Lennon murdered Outside the Dakota. Mark David Chapman killed him. Unknown for the $64,000. I'm not going to ask Lewis this, because Lou knows. You probably do, too. But what book was in Mark David Chapman's back pocket when he murdered John Lennon? Oh, God, I have no idea. Are you serious? I'm I'm a little surprised by that Yeah, me, too. too. I'm shocked. That was a major part of the story. Hmm. It's yeah. It's how about this? If I give you the protagonist, boy, I'm so smart. If I give you the protagonist in the book, do you think you can figure it out? Uh, maybe. Or otherwise, I'll just look like a total idiot. So go ahead. Well, you already do look like yeah, an idiot. I do. I got to be honest. Yeah. The uh, the protagonist's name was Holden Coffee. Oh, Catcher in the Rock. Very good. I don't know why. Uh, to this day, do you know why Lewis? Mark he, David Chapman had that specific book in his pocket. Well, he had, he became enamored of the book, and uh, Elf Holden Caulfield, who, uh, if I recall the book correctly, he was uh, murdering people on the Upper East Side of Manhattan or something. See, I it forgot was, the book. It was I know something J. D. to Salinger do with that. Yeah. He was uh, trying to do uh, stuff like that because uh, the character was uh, just he, he was disgusted by people who were phonies. Got it. Phonies yeah, in, um, yeah. in life, and he, he wanted to be, from what I've read about Chapman, I, mean, I was, I think I was 16 when this happened, but he was, um, uh, he, he wanted to kill somebody big. He was right. after a few, he was, he had a list of other celebrities, yes, too. Yes, yes. And he decided that uh, I'm going to be somebody by, by killing, killing somebody. somebody. Yeah. And, and uh, earlier he thought that Lennon night, was a phony. He, he thought he thought Lennon was a phony. Yes. Because what's interesting about that is, if he thought Lennon was a phony, earlier that night, yes. Lennon walked out of his apartment at the Dakota, and actually signed this guy's book. And there's pictures of them together. Yes. Yeah. He paid attention. It's really, it's a really insane 
story. And he was yeah. planning this for months, apparently. Is that right? Yes. He was planning. The, and, uh, I mean, that place is creepy already, the Dakota. Yeah, it go is. By yeah. It, and he was waiting. You know, we, we were just talking a couple of weeks ago about the, I guess, the anniversary of the Kennedy assassination in 63. I was born in 67. I, I can't tell you about it. I told you the first time I saw grown men cry was 1979 in a bungalow colony in upstate New York when Thurman Munson died. But the very next year, 1980, I was going to Poly Prep with Joe Tacopina, Artie Idala, all these guys, Danny Fagliano, Gary Hanna. And um, when Lennon was killed, I went to school the next morning. I was only 13 years old. It was a Tuesday morning. He was killed Monday night. And I remember one guy specifically, I've never seen this guy again. It's been probably 50 years. His name was Stepan Smith. Good long, blonde hair, you know, good-looking guy. And he went to Polly, and he was hysterical, crying the next morning. And I'm like, why are you crying? And he's like, John Lennon died. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, I was 13. My sisters love the Beatles. I have two older sisters, Alana Ray Sherry. They lived during the Woodstock era when the Beatles came here, Ed Sullivan. They loved them. I was too old for that. Excuse me, too young for that, I should say. So it didn't hit me that day at the age of 13 what a monumental loss John Lennon was. No, those things hit you later. Later, later in life, life, right. Yeah, that uh, like Elvis was too early for oh, me. Oh, me too, same thing. My that mom, was 77, I was 10. Yeah, my mother, I remember coming out onto the porch crying. My mother. And you're like, why? And I, she just stood there and was crying straight. She wouldn't even look at me. I, Are you okay? And she, I remember that was in August, I think, of 77. It was August. No, no, no. Not it was work, work, um later? it was uh, July. Okay. No, maybe it was... it was August. July was the Yankees beat the Dodgers in the World Series. Reggie Jackson three home runs of three different Dodger pitchers. July was the big blackout. Right, the blackout. And yet, son of Sam David Berkowitz, that was his killing summer. But during that summer, Elvis also died. You may, you may be right; it may have been August. I th- if, yeah, it feels like it's, I, by the end of the summer. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. she said I really loved him, and you know that was my mother's childhood. Growing yeah. up with him, it sort you know sort of she was in the sixties. That's right. Elvis. Yes. Well, so. you're going to want to uh, read the book. Uh, I'll throw Bill O'Reilly, my dear friend Bill O'Reilly, a cheap plug right here. Being you mentioned Elvis, and we mentioned John Lennon. His book, Killing the Legends, which was the book right before his book out now, Killing the Witches, Killing the Legends, follows the lives of Muhammad Ali, the uh, aforementioned John Lennon, and the aforementioned Elvis Presley. And it's a great book. And really the book is about how all three of these men had unbelievable fame, but were tortured all of them along the way, and really died uh, horrible deaths, all of them, so. I mean, Ali was an old man, but he had Parkinson's. Lennon was murdered and Elvis OD'd on the toilet. So anyway, uh, that's a book you want to read. So watch this. Watch how I tie this in, talking about John Lennon. So last night, Danielle and I get invited to this beautiful event at a place called Hendrick's Tavern. Noam, do you have any idea where Hendrick's Tavern is? Do not know, no. It's in Roslyn, Long Island. And uh, Peter King, the great congressman Peter King, invited me and Danielle. So what it was was every year the SIS, 
which is the Nassau County Police Department's elite detective unit, throws their holiday party at this place, Hendricks Tavern, which is an unbelievable place. George Washington was there. It's kind of like Long Island's version of France's Tavern. And their steak is amazing. So this big party is there for the SIS unit. Peter is there with his lovely wife, Rosemary. You had uh, Pat Ryder. I love him. He's the Nassau County Police Commissioner. Bruce Blakeman, who I love dearly. Nassau County Executive is there. And all these really brave detectives, FBI, terrorist unit, all these really brave and courageous and good-looking men and women. And it was a great time. Danielle and I loved it. But you know what's funny about Bruce Blakeman is he was actually married to a lady, his first wife. He's now married a second time. Do you have any idea who Bruce Blakeman's first wife is married to now? Yeah, uh, Paul McCartney. Bang. So today we're talking about John Lennon being murdered. And last night I had dinner with the Nassau County executive whose first wife is currently married to Paul McCartney. Only Sid Rosenberg could put that together just like that. That was, Only I could that was good. That. Yeah, that was tied Was that with, pretty good? Yeah. There was t- Seriously. The strong, it was. The strongest yarn you could find, you tied all that together. That was, that was, so basically, if you just move it, separate, separate, yeah. you know Yoko probably, right? right? Yes, you're, yes. You're, you're, you're really, Me and Yoko go way back. You're swinging in big circles. Yoko, really... oh, no, I don't know. She just annoys me. I, I don't know what it is. I but feel bad. I don't know her. You don't know her. So. No. But um, how long did he stay in bed with her during that bed in Lennon? And, uh, Wasn't that days? It was, was like almost weeks or something. Yeah. Right? I mean, she had to smell a little bit. No? I mean, <laughs> so all I kept thinking about was, my God, she's got to stink. So does he, by the way. Uh, so anyway, that, uh, that was a big night last night, the SIS dinner, Hendrix Tavern, and a special thanks to Pete and Rosemary King, Bruce Blakeman, uh, as I mentioned, Pat Ryder, uh, Fintan, I think his name is, and a host of others. I'll get their names uh, later. But the big news story today is the indictment of Hunter Biden. He had a deal in place, right? They had two tax charges, a gun charge, and it all fell apart. Two misdemeanors. Now he's looking at 11 tax charges, nine new ones, and the gun charge. And um, he can get 17 years in prison, which he won't get. But certainly this is a lot more serious than the deal that went away, the uh, sweetheart deal that Hunter Biden had a couple of months ago. So, Noam, what's the latest with this? This is from the uh, special counsel, David Weiss. So the charges include uh, tax evasion, failing to uh, file and pay taxes, then filing false tax returns. Um, prosecutors say the uh, president's son pay, uh, failed to pay about $1.4 million in taxes between 2016 through 2019. And it claims he made more than $7 million from foreign business deals Jeez. during those years. $7 million? Yeah. 10% of the big guy. Well, 700,000 to uh, Joe that's, Biden. That's the accusation. For sure. <laughs> yeah. It's not an accusation. That's a fact. Yes. Uh, Democrats, people like you call it an accusation. We've got the proof. It's a fact. But anyway, it is Hunter's indictment now. And uh, according to all the reports I read and saw yesterday, Noam, they uh, say the same thing they say about Trump. This is very serious stuff, I guess. Is it? 
Well, if you didn't pay your taxes and didn't even bother to file for five years, yeah. and you owe that kind of money, yeah, that's very serious. serious. Stuff. Yeah. You don't you don't get a slap on the wrist of that. You no, you don't. You go to jail for that. John Cerrillo checks in, and uh, he's writing some book about Babe Ruth and uh, I guess Elvis. He wants to interview me and you, Lou, for some reason. I don't know why, but I love John. And he tells me that Elvis died that summer on August the 16th. Ah, got it. So you nailed it. Yes, cool. good job out nice. of you. Uh, that news report we played in the open from uh, CBS, from uh, what's his name, Maurice uh, Duchois or something? Dubois. Dubois. Duchois. <laughs> Maurice Duchois. I'm not a big fan of his. But uh, I love Marcia Kramer. I do like her. And uh, she goes over the numbers. New York's disapproval ratings with Adams. Now, we know the number overall is 28%. That is the lowest in the history of mayoral polling. In 27 years, even Bill de Blasio never got that low. But then she goes on to talk about all the different issues in the city, and his disapproval numbers are like almost 70% from education to crime. It's not just the migrants. The idea that New York is only upset with Mayor Eric Adams over the migrants is wrong. They're upset about, you ready for this? Everything. Now what do you got to say, no? <laughs> yeah, it is amazing on that list of things, that, you know, immigration or the migrants coming here is like third or fourth on the list. Yes. You know, it's crime, it's the economy, inflation, all these things. Education. Education. Yeah, come yeah. long before the migrants, which is, you know, intense in itself. <laughs> it's so bad. So we got a lot to cover today, folks. We got some good guests coming on. I got this big dinner coming up tomorrow night at Cipriani's on Wall Street with President Trump who I believe is back in court again today for a second consecutive day for this ridiculous New York trial. But um, the uh, the folks that are throwing this big bash tomorrow night, which may end up with about 900 people, are uh, the New York Young Republican Club. And the guy that is the president of that club, Gavin Wax, is going to join me at 645. Now, he has no idea. Why I asked him to come on, I mean, it's it's obvious, right? It's his party, it's me and Trump, blah, blah, blah. But I have one issue that I have to deal with, with Gavin Wax coming up at 645. So he's not ready for this. But I have an issue. I have an issue. What is is it? Well, if I say it now, it's going to take away from the shock and awe coming up at 645, no? Uh, no, you, yeah, you don't want to lose that. We don't want to lose the shock and all. No. It, does this have to do with the seating arrangement? No, nope, not at all. No. I'm actually sitting, uh, according to him, and he can confirm more than I this morning, not at Trump's table, but right next to Trump, like, like the table next to him. Well, that's probably where you want to be anyway. Yeah, right, right. Too much pressure to be right. at the it's table. You're at the table? Yeah. You can't, no, that's too much. Right? That would be hard. Yeah. You can't yeah. really talk about I can't compete others. with him. Yeah. I'm going to compete with Trump for the table's... Um, and that's not good for right. you. No, it's not, you need uh, your own. I need my, my own table. Oh, that would be yeah. terrible. Can no. you imagine? That would, you would have the worst night of all. You would be like, hey, Trump, can you let me talk for a second? Please. Shut up. He used to talking over all the people, every guest. Shut up, Mr. President. Okay, just to stop you for a second, Mr. President. Let's go back to the last thing you talked about. So we're going to talk to Gavin Wax. We're going to talk to Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani. Maybe Arthur Idala and get ready for this. I told you this a couple of days ago. I wasn't kidding. Rumors that Sid Rosenberg may be speaking at CPAC in Hungary and Poland. <laughs> Can't make this up. 
Dr. Miklos Zando <laughs> from Hungary. I swear, from Budapest, live in studio at 930. Oh, You're going to find out why. <laughs> why is he sitting at my table? Who is this, Who is this person? And uh, also today, of course, is week three of our six weeks of Season of Hope. Five weeks. Every Friday, your chance to donate to Tunnel to Towers coming up in an action-packed 9 o'clock hour. Big Friday, as always, the number, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Sid and friends in the morning. Off to a great start. Strawberry fields. Nothing is real. And the Lizard King, Lover Madly, The Doors, and we celebrated John Lennon. He was murdered today, but 43 years ago. But today is Morrison's birthday. I guess uh, he would have been how old? 80, let's see, 1943. So that's uh, 57, we've been 80. 80, 80 years yeah. old. He's, um, you know, Gene Simmons, the lead singer of Kiss who was in studio quite a bit with me and Bernard, and I kind of liked him. He's a dick. He's a complete dick. But I kind of liked him. He wrote a book about um, the unlucky 27, all the 27-year-old singers and celebrities that died at that age. 27. This guy right here, Jim Morrison, was 27. Jimi Hendrix was 27. Janis Joplin was 27. Amy Winehouse was 27. Kurt Cobain was 27. And the list goes on and on. So if you're a singer, especially rock and roll, and you do some drugging, if you make it to 28, you're good to go. Because they all died at 27. Isn't that crazy? 
Lewis? Yeah, I was looking to see when Keith Moon died. I oh, he, I think he was also 27, I swear to God. Did you say Janice? Janice, yes. Okay. Yeah, Janice, too. You know, um, we're talking about the summer of 77 because Lennon was killed 43 years ago today, but Elvis died in 77. And I mentioned the fact, this is crazy, I mentioned the fact that was this summer when the Yankees beat the Dodgers in the World Series and Reggie Jackson in one game hit three home runs off three different Dodger pitchers, never done before and never done since. Well, one of the best players on that Dodger team was a guy named Steve Garvey, very handsome first baseman, great forearms. His wife, Cindy, was a very famous, I guess, television reporter for many years as well. So we go to break. I look at the TV, and who's on Fox News? Steve Garvey. It all dates back to Elvis and Lennon and 77. It turns out that the former great Dodger and Padre first baseman is now one of 14 candidates running for Senate in the state of California. Did you know that, Noam? Yeah, well, you know, look, he's got the name recognition, he does so that's going to help him. Yeah, and he used to be really handsome. He's he's old now. He's, well, he's old. He's still a good-looking guy. Yeah, he looks okay. I mean, he's good-looking for his age, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. He was a great-looking guy, great that's when, body. That's when you know you're not really that good-looking anymore, when someone says you're good-looking for your age. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get that even now. Yeah. And I'm 20 years younger than Garvey, probably. Right. I'm almost 57. I hate myself. I really do. Uh, Trump, who looks great for 78, was back in court yesterday. And um, we have some audio here. You know, Noam, it's funny. He says the same thing every time. You know, he comes in there with Alina Haba and the rest of these folks. And this poor bastard, my friend Trump, they're just, they're killing him for no reason, no good reason. Well, we know why. If he wasn't running for president, if he wasn't killing the rest of the field, none of this would be going on. They they, they couldn't care less. But they're scared to death, and they should be. He's going to win again. So they're making my friend's life miserable. So he stands there, you know, outside the courtroom every time and basically says the same thing. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Witch hunt, Letitia James. So here he is again yesterday. He'll be back again today before the big dinner at Cipriani's tomorrow. And Gavin Wax will join me next. He uh, says there's no fraud. And there is none. President Donald Trump, Lewis, this would be cut number six. Absolutely no fraud, accounting fraud of any kind. Uh, this is a highly respected man. I don't know him, but he's a expert witness, and he found no fraud whatsoever. He found no accounting fraud whatsoever. And like everyone else, he said, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? This is a political witch hunt. This is meant to influence an election. This also comes from the White House. This is not just a state matter. But this expert witness, highly respected by everybody, with a resume that few people have ever seen before, said there was no fraud, there was no accounting fraud. There was nothing. And this is what we're doing here while people are being murdered right outside on the sidewalks and the streets of New York while people are experiencing horrible, violent crime at levels that nobody's ever seen in the city before. This is what the Attorney General is spending all the time on. Just in case the mayor, Eric Adams, thinks Trump is alone in those thoughts, that this racist idiot, Letitia James, wasting her time with Trump while people are dying 
If Eric believes it's only Trump, take a look at the approval ratings or disapproval ratings on crime. 61%. So Trump is right. I agree with Trump. This is gross, what they're doing to him. New York's got major, major issues, and Donald Trump ain't one of them. Now, he did get that favorable ruling yesterday. What exactly was he talking about when he said he got a favorable ruling? It was was a good day in court for him yesterday. So this accountant that they brought in, who was really a character, very colorful, had uh, the judge laughing at one point, uh, punched holes in this whole uh, notion that the idea of trying to value a property, right, the whole allegations against him is he got better loans for the the way they valued the properties. Even though though he completely downgraded the value of Mar-a-Lago. I, mean, yeah. I know that James did, these morons. Not even close. Well, and what this accountant said, which just seems dead on, is that the whole idea of evaluating a property is subjective anyway. Right? I mean, of course. there's no factual base of, of what a property is worth. You look at it yeah. and you say where it is and uh, and how close it is to transportation, whatever it is. Right. And then you come up with a value. And so he hammered that in such a way yesterday that it was a very good day for Donald Trump. Well, that's what Donald Trump said, Noam Layden. Excellent job once again by Noam. This is cut number seven. He says we got a favorable ruling And everybody's watching. Cut number seven. Tyler Division, New York State, uh, just gave us a very good ruling. Appreciate it. I think the country appreciates it. Uh, Businesses are watching this case. No business will move back into New York. No business will, frankly, stay in New York. A lot of businesses are talking about leaving New York because of this action. It's a very serious action because it's a Marxist type of uh, reform of trying to steal your business, trying to take your money away from you that you worked for many, many years and your assets away. Uh, so we were just given, I think it's a great thing for the country, a very strong decision by the appellate division just came down this moment. So you'll look that decision up. It's very powerful. Uh, I want to also mention the expert witness who's so highly respected is uh, on the Nobel Prize Committee for various things having to do with finance. Uh, I think that's very good. But uh, he's been a very strong witness, a very powerful witness, and a highly respected person. Thank you very much. So, um, Andy McCarthy was on Fox News yesterday. He said, listen, this judge, Engeron, who hates Trump, he's not going to rule in his favor. But he had more to say about that. This is Andy McCarthy on Fox News. Lewis, cut number eight. It's quite clear that uh, Judge Engeron is going to find against Trump because he's already found against Trump, right? He, he made that finding on the main charge before it even started. This phase is about how much he lets Letitia James run up the score in a case where she claims there's massive fraud, except there's no fraud victims. And yeah. it's the first case I have ever seen of where... You know, there's massive fraud, but nobody who's the victim of the fraud is in court demanding to be uh, compensated for that. So it's, it's very strange. Uh, she's looking for $250 million. I imagine Engeron will give her a good chunk of that. But the signal I take from what we're hearing from the appellate court, which basically froze uh, the ability of the, of the lower court to actually start seizing Trump's assets and reaffirm that, Uh, in the last day or so, that indicates to me that they're going to put a freeze on all of this and it'll work itself out legally on appeal. So Engeron will will rule against them, but that's just round one.
And then uh, finally, we talked about this moments ago. Why is all this happening to Donald Trump? He didn't break any laws. In fact, everybody is happy. The banks are happy. Everybody's happy. What it comes down to is it's really very, very simple. They want to do everything they can to make sure that the inevitable, which is going to happen, doesn't happen, which is Trump winning again in 2024. One more, Lewis. Andy McCarthy, cut number nine. If he weren't their political opponent, he wouldn't have, they wouldn't have come after him, and they're trying to put him out of business with no victims. If they can do it to him, they can do it to anyone. There you have it. Okay, what's the, uh, is there a clip of the day today? Did you, did you give it to me? I've got it here. Yes. Traffic with Joe Nolan is coming up next. <laughs> right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is from Katz and Cosby. Look at this. They're talking to my dear friend, the Mr. New York Police Department Transit Chief, Michael Kemper. We want to get an update from you. We're looking at crime in the subway system this year. We've, we've been making progress all year in relation to overall crime. You know, as of today, overall crime uh, is down versus last year. We're down 52 less crime victims this year versus last year. And uh, that's a big deal because if you remember where we were last year at this very time, we were up over 40% in crime. You know, robberies are down uh, this year. Murders are down. Shooting incidents are down. Rapes are down. Grand Lossity is down, and we look at this as progress, and this progress we're proud of and progress we want to see continue into the new year. You know, our goal is to allow our riders to get from point A to point B, free from becoming a victim of a crime and free from. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellicott with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTakeless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Week 14 in the NFL kicked off last night in Pittsburgh with the Steelers and the New England Patriots on Thursday night football. Bailey Zappi threw for three touchdown passes and New England defense got stops when they needed them. The now three and ten Pats pulled out the 21 to 18 road win over Pittsburgh. It was a bad loss for the Steelers. Yeah. I know when uh, we started week 14, Pittsburgh was in position to uh, not just type a second, but one of the three wild card teams. Yes, they were. You can't lose to a two win Patriot team with Bill Belichick on the way out. Not many got seven wins, man. You got to be better than yeah. that. Yeah. You know, they're not very, you know, Kenny Pickett and that Pittsburgh offense. Yeah. This doesn't get it done. No, it does not. You know, Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl a long time ago. He replaced Bill Cowher with Pittsburgh. But I don't know. Pittsburgh has not been real good for years. For years. They've just been mediocre. One Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. They've been mediocre. I mean, the defense is always good. You got TJ Watt, who's going to be. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Defensive player of the year candidate every year, pretty much, for the rest of the year. See, the Rooney family never fires anybody. Right. If you think about it, they've had like three coaches forever Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Because people would say, if Mike Tomlin was white, he'd be out. (laughs) But it's not true. The Rooney family sticks with their guys. Through good and through bad. And all three of those guys won Super Bowls. Yeah. Noel, Cower, and Tomlin. Yeah. But Tomlin has been pretty ordinary now for years. Yeah, but by all accounts, everybody who's played for him says he's he's a great head coach. Yeah. Well, who cares what they say? 
Show me wins and Super Bowls. Of course. That's a great head coach. But it's not like not he's... Not a guy who buys waffles. Right, but it's not like he's going 3-10 <laughs> and ten like, like nah, Bill Belichick no, is, so you know? So mediocrity in the NFL doesn't work either. You got to win, baby. I'm with you. You got to win. I am with you. Locally this weekend, uh, we don't have any winners here locally, but the 4-8 and eight Jets get to the Houston Texans at 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon at MetLife. Currently three-and-a-half-point home underdogs. As for the Giants, they'll welcome in the Green Bay Packers for some Monday night football action. The G-Men are six-and-a-half-point underdogs there. On the ice, Matthew Barzell had two goals two assists, but Horvat also scored twice and picked up an assist, and the Islanders beat the Columbus Blue Jackets in Elmont by a score of 7-3 last night. In Seattle, Shimon Nemetz scored his first NHL goal midway through the second period with what would ultimately be the game winner for the Devils, who just squeezed past the Kraken by a score of 2-1. to one. And in the NBA, the finals for the inaugural in-season tournament are set and ready to go. The Indiana Pacers bested the Milwaukee Bucks last night by a score of 128-119. to 119. To punch their ticket to the finals, they will meet LeBron and the Lakers. What does that mean? It's just the finals. I don't know. Finals of what? The uh, in-season tournament thing. But it's not the NBA finals. No, 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 no. Not yet. Because neither the Pacers or the Lakers no. are going to win the NBA championship. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, wouldn't. Maybe I, the Lakers. I would never count LeBron out. But well. yes. So they win this tonight. What happens? They get extra money? If, well, it's tomorrow night. But if they win tomorrow night, yeah, you get, each player gets five, uh, half a million dollars. Is that right? Yes. Why? I don't know. I, what do I look like? What do I look like? David Stern? But no one has, first of all, it's Adam Silver. Adam right now. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays. God, you're so stupid. <laughs> but no one has any idea, even sports fans, what this stupid thing is. Nobody. I, I Listen. Nobody. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the it. The court either. looks weird. Yeah. They're giving out quarter of the way championships. Mm-hmm. Make any sense. Now, I will say, though, that it's getting people to watch basketball no, a little not. bit. Not even one person. Not even one. Nope, not even one. Not me. You can make a better argument. People are watching Chiefs football for Taylor Swift than anybody watching the NBA because of this ridiculous in-season tournament. I don't know one person. In fact, it turns people off. Mm. Like, what am I watching? Why, why does the court look like court, that? Mm. Weird. It's mm. weird. Yeah. I don't know. Pe- pe- people my age who are fringe basketball fans seem to like it. Because you're stupid. Okay. People your age, for the most part, <laughs> including you, are stupid people. That's what it comes down to. Yes. And you're not going to be smart for years. Yeah. For years. Oh. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Got nothing to look forward to. Well, no, you'll get there. Yeah, it's yeah but for years. Eh? No, it's going to take a long Well, especially with you, it's going to take a long time. Yes. Has, has it happened yeah. for you yet? Not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, see how little you got to look forward to. Sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTechless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick, uh, getting smarter on 77 WABC. Hey. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Tonight's the night we'll make history. As sure as dogs can fly. And I'll take any risk to tie back the hands of time. And stay with you here. Tonight. So take your seats and don't be late. We need your spirits high to turn on these theater lights. Brighten the darkest skies Here at the pair
Sticks. You know, at some point today on Sid and Friends in the Morning, I like the name Sid and Friends in the Morning. I think it's cute. It's, I mean, we clearly stole it from Fox News, but. And you know, I got a lot of people that actually text me. I swear to God, they go, just call it the Sid Rosenberg Show. And um, I think I'm going to do that. I mean, the station can call it whatever they want. The New York Post can call it whatever they want. But it's going to be the Sid Rosenberg Show, you know. I mean, I have a lot of friends. That's cool. But let's face it. The friends don't make the show. I make the show. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah. Whatever you want to say is fair to say. Just yeah. show. But that <laughs> was funny. What a nice patented stock answer. Like that? That <laughs> yeah, I know. Put that in the bio of Sid, <laughs> yeah. Sid Rosenberg. Show. So later on today on this show, we're giving away tickets. This is a an unbelievable show. Sticks and Foreigner. I'm dying to go to that. Dying to go to that. Sticks and Foreigner. So uh, stay tuned for that. We've also got the Season of Hope coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Your chance to donate to Tunnel to Towers. You can start now. You don't got to wait till 9 o'clock. Just go to T2T.org. Donate just $11 a month. And maybe you'll pay the mortgage for a lady whose husband was killed in Iraq. Or maybe you'll buy a smart home for a young man who lost his arms and legs in Afghanistan. Or maybe you'll do both for a woman who buried her husband because he's a cop trying to stop a bad guy. I don't know, 11 bucks a month? Don't sound like much to me. I can tell you this, I buy breakfast every morning as a bagel across the street for this whole show. It's a heck of a lot more. Breakfast. So go to two t uh, excuse me t2t.org and do the right thing and do it now and all morning long, especially in the nine o'clock hour. Gavin Wax Wax me, the president of the New York Young Republicans Club, supposed to come on now and he's got this big party tomorrow night at Cipriani's. I'll be there, President Trump and a host of others, but he couldn't make it in. He didn't tell me why, but you know he called me yesterday and he said. Hope you have your uh, nicest tux ready. And I said, let me tell you something. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Nobody dresses better than me. Nobody. Nobody dresses better than me. I got not one but two designers. I got Joseph Abood, the best men's fashion designer ever. And I've got Anthony at the garage in Brooklyn. Has he met you? Who? This Wax. No, Wax never met me. Oh, all right. No. So I go, I dress great. I go, let me tell you when guys look their worst. Oh, are you kidding? When they wear a tuxedo. You look like a dick with ears. <laughs> they all look the same. They're stupid black. They think because they get shiny buttons or some stupid bow tie. And those shiny shoes. Well, those, those look sh- awful, oh, right? No, a guy in a tuxedo looks his worst. Yes. Let me wear one of my beautiful orange or yellow or red jackets, light the goddamn place up, and let's have some fun. You look like a mannequin or on a wedding yes. cake. Or He's like, no, you, you don't want to talk, you can't come. <laughs> so What? I swear. And I would have said, fine, but I want to see Trump. So I reached out in panic to Abood and Anthony. And I think, um, I think Anthony's going to come over today. And, you know, he brings over clothes, and I, I pay him in the house, and that's how we do it, uh, with a couple of tuxedos. I don't know. <laughs> but I hate wearing a tux. Guys look stupid in tuxedos. Well, they never look good, when, even grooms. When you have 50 of them together. Right, to, all just standing there. Like, yeah. It looks like, what does it look like, a, an F. Scott Fitzgerald novel? I don't like, get it. From the I don't get it. But then again, I'm the type of guy, I never think a woman looks nice in a uh, in a gown. No, don't look. 
They don't look good. Never. No. Right. Show me a girl wearing a pair of sweatpants with the word juicy written on her ass (laughs) and a tight white T-shirt with her hair down and a baseball cap, and that's the girl that I'm married to. You walk in with a gown on, your hair's pulled back in 90 directions, got enough makeup on for 19 people, jewelry that's not even yours. It never does it for me. I've never gone to a gala where I said, Wow, look at her. Yeah, with this long flow, yeah, this big thing. Like, it's not gone with the wind. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> so stop with the tuxedos and the gowns and just let people dress the way they want. These ridiculous, it's black tie. Ah, blow me, black tie. Yeah, like the the, uh, the uh, bridesmaids when they all wear the same dress. Yeah, well, my mother made us do that. My wife hated it. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. (laughs) It is. I know. I agree. Enough of the conformity. Let people be people. Dress as good as you can dress. Or or as bad as you can dress. Okay. If you want to go there and people make fun of you, you live with that. That's easy for me. But the party is not going to be as nice because some guy's wearing a light blue leisure suit? I'm sorry, sir. You may not. uh, This is a tuxedo. So now I have to deal with this extra stress today. I don't need it. Find a tuxedo. What are you, nuts? No. Not I'm with, Sid. Not with 20 holiday parties. No wonder. Thank Ch- you. Change the name to Sid, Sid Rosenberg Show. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Just, Just do that. No friends. Noam, you okay with that? It's calling it the Sid Rosenberg Show? Yeah. Uh, I don't own the show. John Katzmatidis owns yeah. the show. I really have no power to do anything. You know, I talk a big game like I'm a big guy, but at the end of the day, I got no power here. I got nothing. I've got nothing. I'm serious. They want to take one of you guys off the show. I can't stop it. No, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Just talk to Phil. He's doing commercials these days. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Phil is like, he's had 18 oh, different shifts since he had a yeah. wait. He had a he's wait still way happier than he was two weeks yeah. ago. He had a wait. He got fired. He got a night to Five job. All right, we're done. We're wrapping up hour number one. Oh, God. <laughs> we got a great hour number God. two coming up. I learned a lot there. That's great. I did too. <laughs> yeah, to no, know. Chris actually left. Happy we're going to have um, Curtis Sliwa and uh, the great Andrew Giuliani. Hour number two about to come your way. Well, have you heard that the world's gone crazy? Radio 77 WABC. You're my best friend. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Good night, friends. 77 WABC.
Brothers Johnson Stomp. It's always a disco Friday with Curtis Sleeper. Everybody, we are honoring John Lennon today and Greg Allman and who else? We did it six. Jim, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison, right? The Doors. A disco Friday for my man Curtis Sleeper. Big ratings, of course. Rip and Reed, noon to one. Every weekday afternoon. Also gets great ratings hosting overnights during the weekend. Does great work with me every weekday morning. And you know, uh, to be completely honest, we know Rosenberg and O'Reilly, that's, that's the ratings grab of the week. But to be completely honest, my listening audience who contacts me quite a bit, I'm very active with the listeners on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. They always tell me that along with Curtis, Everybody loves Curtis on this show. Most mornings, their favorite hour is the 6 a.m. hour because usually there are no guests, and that gives me the chance to kind of go over a variety of topics, play good music, and have a good time, kind of like an I'm Howard Stern type of thing. So, of course, because that's how people feel, Curtis, the perfect contrarian, has to find a way to feel opposite. So he comes in this morning, and he's bitching already about what we thought was a phenomenal, not good, phenomenal 6 o'clock hour. So what crawled up your ass? Well, let me tell you something. First off, uh, (laughs) it was the Schmageggy hour. Why? What happened? It's about Holcomb. Nothing. You start by once again praising Peter King and the Nassau County Police. We had a wonderful night last night. They they mentioned you. You were at Elrod Hendricks Gin Mill out in (laughs) Nassau County, right? You're close. It's called Kendricks. No, you're right. Hendricks Tavern. You see, it's named after Elrod Hendricks. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Baltimore. Stop it. Elrod Hendricks. Stop. Because he he stopped there one time and had a beer. Because according to Peter King, oh, George Washington was here. Do you know how many places in Morristown, Valley Forge, Palisades, Parkway, Rockland, West Point, all have placards on their gin mills, restaurants, or homes there? George Washington spent time here. Guess what? If he spent all that time there, we would have lost the Revolutionary War. (laughs) I want documentary evidence that George Washington was at the Elrod Hendricks Gin Mill in Nassau County. County because if Peter King says it, forget about it. It has no credibility whatsoever. You are funny. Now, and then, it was, and well, then, hold on. It was actually Rosemary King who uh, told us that. His lovely wife. Was she from Atlanta? What would she know, right? <laughs> she probably claims George Washington was down in Atlanta you are having funny. a brewski. But anyway, let's get. And then yeah. you talk about Steve Garvey. Yes. And you left out so much. Well, well, I didn't have a lot of time to talk Doesn't about matter. Garvey. The most important thing about Garvey is that his wife. Cindy, I brought her up. I brought Cindy up. Uh, left him for Marvin Hamlish. That is true. I didn't have time to go into You're right about it that. It destroyed no. his life. He uh, then ended up with all kinds of mama drama. He was jumping for He couldn't understand. Look at Marvin Hamlish. Look at him in the mirror, I right? know. Not even close. And, and Cindy was a very pretty lady and was a big TV star. And big Garvey TV was star. gorgeous. Yeah. That uh, Dodger infield, Steve Garvey at first, Davey Lopes at second, Bill Russell at short, and Ron Say at third base. Ah, very good. Yes. Very good. Those epic series against the Yankees with Reggie all Smith right, and right. Dusty quick Baker. Question, quick question. Yes. Uh, which two ball players decided? that they would have their numbers retired by the San Diego Padres and not their other more famous teams. 
So in other words, it wouldn't be a guy like Tony Gwynn because his whole career was... He was there, that's right. right. Tony Gwynn, number 19, great great punching Judy hitter. Tick, 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 So obviously you're talking about Garvey. Yes, of course. His best days are with the... Now, he did with the Padres, I believe, play against the Cubs in one NLCS. He was an MVP there. Number six, he decided the Dodgers dissed and dismissed me. I'm going to have my number retired by the San Diego Padres. Who is the next one? Tick, 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 Give me tick, a hit. tick. Give me a hit. Howie the Horse Spira. No, get out Howie of here. Howie the Horse Spira. Dave Winfield. Oh, Dave Winfield. That's right. Number 31. Right. Howie Spira was the guy that, uh, the gambling guy with Steinbrenner. Yeah, and yes. Steinbrenner decided to believe Howie the Horse Spira. Yeah. And try to destroy Dave Winfield. You know, it's tough because, uh, of course, Winfield got all that money with the Yankees, but he did have great years in San Diego. That's a tough one. You know, Garvey, too easy, should have been the Dodgers. That's a great question. I yeah, love you that. See that? Hey, see, I, love I, that. I listen. You see, unlike other hosts and hostesses here who don't listen to the station that pays them money. Especially this show. I listen <laughs> intently to you. And then they played that promo of Michael Kemper to oh, you. Oh, my boy. He's been her, you know, the, the Jewish guy who's transit police commissioner. Has he read the polls about crime? <laughs> Has he read what, the polls? Oh, it's what? so safe in this. i tell you what. If it's so safe in the subway, Sid Rosenberg and wrong way, Lou Rufino, how about taking the A train back to Beach 116th Street? You'll you'll get off at Broad Channel and you'll take the shuttle the rest of the way. How about that, Sid? I would uh, almost rather wear a shirt that says, I am Jewish (laughs) in Qatar (laughs) than take the A train anywhere. But listen, Kemper is a, and I know you know this, he's a dear, dear friend. Not because he's Jewish, although he is the highest-ranked Jewish transit a cop. Anyway, and his wife, Marilyn, is a, you'll love Marilyn. She's lovely. Um, it's not all his fault. Let's be honest. Look, he's look, a great guy. As a transit police co- commissioner, he sucks. He yeah. should turn in his badge and gun. He's put all well, of his trust this. Okay, in so, Robbie Robot but, but you in say Times the Square. Same, but you say the same thing about Eddie Caban. Absolutely wrong way. I, excuse me, out of town, Eddie Caban now. No cojones, Eddie Caban. No, he's here. He's having breakfast with Joe Tacopina this morning. Oh, I'm sure, boy, they're going to solve a lot of crime. Let's see, Tacopina represents criminals, right? And who are you having breakfast But anyway, <laughs> let's get to one tough Jew, right? You gave a pass to Adam Sandler yesterday. You played the Hanukkah song. And then Danielle yelled at me. She goes, Curtis is right. Right. 700 Jews of prominence signed the letter supporting Israel in the after aftermath of the pogrom committed against them by Hamas. Uh, I, I was looking for Adam Sandler's name. Uh, oh, he's not there? No, no. Born in Brooklyn, raised no, in Manchester, boy. New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> made his bones, some of his bones, $200 million on Zohan, all about a, a proud IDF member who decided to wear light loafers, come to New York City and be a hairstylist. Forget about Zohan. You do realize that not that long ago, on the Howard Stern Show, which is a very, very popular Instagram piece. He did the Mourner's Kaddish in Hebrew. Yeah. Yiskadav, Yiskadash, Meirabah. So he you know really who can does, do that? He comes off like, like the real thing. Yeah. You know who, who else can do that? Who went to yeshiva here in New York after he came from Haifa, Israel, known for the longest tongue and longest schlong Gene in history, right? Who bedded down more women, he claims, than Will Chamberlain, right? Who, when he came to America, became Gene Klein and became a typist before he discovered music because he was watching the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. 
Where's Gene Simmons in all of this? I don't know. Uh, Can you name the rest of the band members of KISS? No, they retired as of Saturday. Uh, I was never part of the KISS Army. Peter, Chris, Ace, Freely, and I forgot the last guy. You know who actually has shown up? Well, you're right about Sandler. But you know what actor who everybody hates because he hates Trump or listens to this station, but has shown up in tremendous, tremendous Israel solidarity is Michael Rappaport. This guy on Instagram every day vilifies Palestinians, Hamas, yeah, yeah, okay. and screams about Israel. You okay. don't like him either? Uh, not hate his guts. Uh, and Jesus. don't digress here. Who you do gave you a, like besides you gave a, me? You gave a pass to David Lee Roth. Yes, I did. Born a Jew in Bloomington, Indiana, went to Pasadena, was in Outward Bound, and discovered the Van Halen brothers, right? Lead vocalist, right? He's 69, my age. Did he sign that letter? Did he sign that letter I, I don't of know. 700 whoa, whoa, whoa. led by Seinfeld supporting Israel against Hamas? No. So here it is. Adam Sandler, David Lee Roth, and your favorite, Gene Simmons. You wish you had a tongue and a schlong as long as that guy. Wiener and- checks in. Paul Stanley. Good job. as the other. Uh, okay, yes. Adam Sandler, who I would... I. I actually hung out with Adam Sandler at the bulk of did, right? Yeah. I bet you did, right? Can we put Justin Ellick on this case here? <laughs> Since he never came to the defense, you, how quickly you forgot. Up there in the executive boxes, the former owner of the Philadelphia Inquirer, proud son of Camden County, New Jersey, yes. who they threw out of no Eagle cross. Stadium. Right. No cross. They threw him out because he dare hang an American flag and an Israeli flag together. How quickly you forgot that. And, of course, Justin Ellen. Whatever happened to that? The owner is a Jew. Well, he should impale himself with a menorah. Well, he's a Jew like Ron Kuby and Bernie Sanders. I mean, I got a text yesterday from Mark Levin. It's unbelievable when you consider that Levin and I were done. We were done. He was mad at me because Katz put Cuomo on. I was mad at him because he held me responsible. I changed his name from the great one to the average one. And then I just decided one morning, right after October 7th, he's the biggest Jewish voice in the country. I admit that, even bigger than me. And I said, Mark, I need you. And he said, I need you too. And now we've got this bromance where we text about five times a week. And he sent me a text yesterday just destroying on Twitter, he put it, Bernie Sanders. Sanders, Ron Kuby, who's the guy you just uh, mentioned um, before that, the other Jew that uh, hates the Jews. There's a whole list. And I said to somebody last night, I go, for as much as I hate Hamas and I hate all the people around the world that hate the Jews, I actually hate Jews more than I hate Hamas. Uh, let me bust your bubble. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi, right, hated the state of Israel, said the state of Israel what? should never have been created. This is not true. Let me bust your bubble. He this hated not the true. state of Israel. By the way, Ben Kingsley did a tremendous job playing Gandhi. I don't want to hear about Gandhi now. I want to hear about the guy who died at 101, Norman Lear, went to Tilden oh. High School the same year my mother went, Francesca. Oh, I loved your mother. Tilden High School. They were in the same class? Uh, same class, but not in the same uh, uh, room. Not in the same room. Right. So, so your, mom would, your mom would have been 101? Yeah. So uh, oh. Norman Lear died 101. And one of the great uh, uh, sitcoms he has was Dynamite, Jimmy Walker, right? 
I mean, it was the biggest show in America about the projects in Chicago. Do you know that John Lennon used to listen to talk radio over at the Dakota? He listened to WMCA at that time, which was the big talker, to Bob Grant in the afternoon, and he would go nuts. Is this true? Yeah, because, you know, he would have been DSA. He would have been a socialist, liberal, progressive. So he walked the streets. He'd be fuming. He'd walk over to what was the one of the last family-owned uh, radio station, R. Peter Strauss, and he'd knock on the door, 56 and 6. That was when there was no security, whatever. And he knocks on the door, and the board operator, Jimmy Walker, dynamite from the Bronx, opens Wait, the door. J.J.? Yes. And he goes, oh, my God. It's John Lennon. He goes, yeah, I'm John Lennon. Can I come on and talk about what I heard earlier today on the Bob Grant Show? And at the time, Alex Bennett, do you want to be a bird? I mean, this guy was so far left. So Jimmy Walker comes in, and he goes, Alex, John Lennon is outside. He wants to come on here. Get out of here, John Lennon. Oh, you've been smoking some dope. I'm telling you, it's John Lennon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bring him in. Oh, my God, it's John Lennon. And from time to time, he would just walk on. Oh, my on God. The walk. When you could do that back in talk right, radio right. days. Well, if you don't know, of course, we started today's program. We'll do it again, paying ode to John Lennon. It was. 43 years ago today, 43 years ago on this day, when during a Dalpin Patriot Monday night football game, the great, the late great Howard Cosell announced to the world, John Lennon has been shot outside the Dakota, dead on arrival. Now, how about those Adams numbers, Curtis? Uh, let me oh, tell you something. Oh, Curtis. I will be Brian Kilmeade today right after your show uh, from 10 to 12 in addition to the Rip and Reed. And I'm going to tell you how Eric Adams did yesterday wearing the Salvation Army uniform with the kettlebell and the kettle can outside of the White House where he got Ugats, he got bupkis, he got humiliated again, he's lost his voice, he looks like a little boy who is lost in Wallbaums, you know, oh, it's mommy, mommy, mommy. Where are all you people now who would say, oh, he's trying, he's doing a good job, they won't let him do a Good job. The worst ratings ever in the history of ratings in New York City, and they're going down, down, down. And what did Fabian Levy, his uh, his lapdog, say yesterday? Oh, all these polls are wrong. Really? So let me get this straight. Maris was wrong. My poll was wrong. And Quinnipiac College poll was wrong. Check the analytics. The numbers. They don't lie. He's going down. Unfortunately, he's taking our city down. And all of you who were Eric Adams Republicans, you should be ashamed of yourself. You committed a shanda. Don't run. Don't hide. Hey, you didn't vote for Sliwa, and now you got to suffer. Now you and all of us have to suffer. Is Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. People say I'm crazy.
watching shadows on the wall Don't you miss the big time boy You're no longer on the ball I'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round I really love to watch them roll No longer riding on the merry-go-round I just had to let it go John Lennon, the late great John Lennon, murdered here in New York. 43 years ago today, 1980. You know what I actually don't dislike is, um, I think uh, Giuliani's calling in, Andrew. Yeah, I'm getting it. Is, um, well, I don't know what station he works on. I just don't care. But this uh, this guy, Charlemagne the God. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, Bill O'Reilly just talked about Time Magazine. And how Taylor Swift won the Time Magazine Person of the Year. And she is the most successful entertainer in the world, not yet 33 years old. So he's right about all of that. She's a um, she's a great success story. But she's a little bit of a douchebag, to be honest. And, uh, well, she doesn't agree with anything I agree with in politics and hates Trump and spends her time yelling and screaming about gays and transgenders and all that. Fine. I'm just not sure what Taylor Swift has done for anybody. I mean, she, her music is great. I guess that's enough. Well, who am I kidding? I always say, people go, oh, God, thank God for you. So I go, why? Well, I need you every morning. So I guess it's the same thing. So she does plenty. Leave her alone. What's the matter with you people? Am I arguing with myself right now? Yeah, because no one's no. answered you yet <laughs> for a couple of minutes. So that's the definition of arguing with yourself, I think. Well, you know, uh, Gina, who works here, I love Gina. She's great. Her and Steph and Doug in the... Uh, social media department. So I tell her, I go, you know what would be funny, Gina, is if you take my face and put it on Time Magazine. It's my idea. She does it. But she did it unbelievably well. She's got uh, Israel supporter and uh, backing the blue NYPD number one show. And it looks like a real magazine cover. And the amount of people that came back with what a narcissist I am. Wow, do they know you? But it's just so stupid. Yes, I'm a narcissist. A hundred percent. Every decent entertainer, every decent one is a narcissist. Well, Bernie wasn't. Well, first of all, you're an asshole. You don't know Bernie. <laughs> he certainly was. And I love him and miss him dearly, but he's, you know, he's not as um, in your face as I am. But don't tell me about Bernie. I work with the guy every day for six years and on and off for 30 but every, you know, Amos, the worst, Stern, the worst, Trump, the worst, anybody worth their weight in gold is a narcissist in any business, not just this. Well, I don't even know why I started this whole stupid conversation. There was, there was a reason behind this. Yeah, I wish I knew. What, uh, it was what the, Taylor Swift was who you were no, talking about initially. No, about Taylor Swift. Char- I heard you say Charlemagne. And oh, yeah, Charlemagne. And thank then, you very much. And I answered the phone, too, and I still re- remember. Wow. What's it going to be so, like for you in five years? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's almost over now. Well, when, so the maybe. point is, is that um, I like this Charlemagne the God. I can admit that, you know. 
But um, I don't call myself a god. You talk about Sid being a narcissist. Even <laughs> we changed the name of the show to that. Yes. Instead of Sid and friends, or Sid, <laughs> Sid the, the God. God. Sid the God. And Could friends. you imagine these assholes on the internet? They'd go nuts. <laughs> They'd go nuts. Sid the God. He actually the, thinks he's God now. And the lower level friends. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Levin and Donald Trump say one nice thing about the guy. He thinks he's God. He's playing these little tributes to himself. Yeah, right. <laughs> Could you play that today in all seriousness? Yeah, I, I realized. But as soon as it came out of my mouth, idiot. <laughs> so he calls himself the God. I don't care. I, I, I actually, believe it or not, because Bernie used to hate this guy, but but he, the guy makes a lot of sense sometimes. He really does. What what uh, station is he on? Some um, he, he we used to actually work right across the hall yeah, from him. He was um, on the same floor. Well, I forget the name. Uh, is it Hot ninety seven or no. Power nine? I think it's Power one hundred five. One hundred five. I think so. Is it? He was talking about Biden yesterday because Biden says he's sticking around to beat Trump, and Charlemagne's like, uh, "Go home, Joe." Here it is, uh, Charlemagne, the God. <laughs> Cut number 16. Do you think there is any Democrat who could defeat Donald Trump other than you? Probably 50 of them. You do believe that there are? I'm not the only one to read it, but I will defeat him. Yeah, sure. Oh, my God. This is Biden's ego talking, okay? If you think there are other people who can beat him, step aside, all right? I know you think you've got this in the bag. <laughs> I... I know he thinks he's got this in the bag, but the polls say otherwise. I want Biden stepping in to beat Trump the way I want him stepping in to defend me at a bar fight. <laughs> I appreciate you caring, but I don't like our chances. <laughs> See, the facts are Biden's not getting any younger. He's not going to get any more popular and he's not getting a new running mate. So please, Mr. President, give America the ultimate Christmas gift and step aside. Now, wait a second. So he's got the morning show, but... He's on Comedy Central. That's a Comedy Central bit, right? Apparently. Yeah, he has a TV show on Comedy Central. Yeah, he didn't replace Trevor Noah, did he? No. He's funny. That was good. I want to book him for the show. I like this guy. He hates me because I'm white and Jewish, but I don't care. I like him. (laughs) (laughs) When he hears you change the name to Sid the God, it'll... What do you think he'll say? Uh, Like, I don't know. If there's no lawsuit, then you're fine. Yeah. Get what's-his-name down here today. What's I like that guy a lot. He does a New York Post... Commercials all the time for Cats and Matitis. I love them. What's his name again? James. James uh, Capsalis. Get him down here today. I have now decreed it that I'm going above John's head, which makes no sense because he owns a company. (laughs) From this moment on, the name of this show is Sid the God. And his apostles. Right. And my apostles. I even like that better with Christmas. So we'll be back on Sid the God and his apostles. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Brothers, baby. Great song right here. Today, Greg Allman's birthday. Greg's dead a long time now. Greg, um, well, I love all the Allman brothers, Greg and Wayne, all their songs. This one's one of my favorites. This and, of course, Sweet Melissa. Greg did anal with um, Cher, just you know. It's a true story. 
good. Yeah. That's no, a happy You're not going to get that on Mark Simone Show. I can promise you that. <laughs> Charlamagne the God, you're listening. Ah. <laughs> uh, come on, baby. Hey, you know him. Is my guy Trump back in court again today here in New York? I don't think it's going to be today. I think on yeah. Monday he'll be the final witness. Okay. So. Well, I know that uh, there's a big party that I'm going to tomorrow night at Cipriani's with the president. When I say with him, I'm actually going to be eating dinner right, you know, basically right next to him. Um, he's he's only going because he's in town anyway, and then they use that as an opportunity. Roger Marshall, he was just on Fox News. He'll be there. Matt Gates, all these folks, and uh, Gavin Wax, who set the whole thing up. He uh, he ran out on me this morning. He didn't show up at six forty-five. So what do, what do you think that's all about? I don't know. He did text me. He said I can't make it, but he never explained why. So why would anybody who runs a young Republican club in New York City, not uh, not just uh, want the opportunity, but jump up and down to be on this show. It makes no sense. Stupid. Man, maybe that's, uh, I don't I don't know him well enough to call him stupid. Yeah, so, but something might have happened. Well, I don't think so. And he texted me five minutes before, so. But I don't want to yell at the guy because he set me up tomorrow night, so. Right. I'll yell at him Monday. After it's over. After it's over, yeah. that's right, yeah. <laughs> Andrew Giuliani is, uh, well, I love Andrew Giuliani. I love his father, Rudy coming on every Tuesday has been a very, very big uh, ratings hit for us. Rudy does great in the 9 o'clock hour every Tuesday, as does Andrew, this time 7.40 every Friday. He's got a great podcast, too. Andrew, good morning, buddy. How are you? Uh, Sid, doing great. I, uh, I'll i be there tomorrow as well. I'm looking forward to seeing you, and, uh, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be great to see the president again. It's been a couple of weeks, and, uh, you know, I always... I'm always amazed just how he's able to uh, just keep his, I think, speech is so fresh. And, and a lot of that is because 80, 90 percent of it comes from off the page. You, you can tell. You'll see it when you see it tomorrow. He's not reading basically no. what's on the speech. He's no. just he's going. And which, which um, again, not to make myself a part of every story, but I will. <laughs> I have one piece of paper in front of me for a four hour radio show. One piece. Yeah. It's it's pretty impressive. I remember seeing it in studio and, and the fact that you can actually do that with all of that right there. By the way, who is this Charlemagne guy you're talking about? I had to go back into history. I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> this is a he, guy or something. No, like he's, he, he calls himself the guy. He does, and and he is. He's got he gets huge ratings. He works on one of these uh, urban stations in the morning here in New York. He gets huge ratings. He does. He's on Comedy Central too. And the Democrats love him. He gets, you know, all these uh, bigwigs, like, kind of like Stephen Colbert. But he's not afraid. He's kind of like Bill Maher, Drew, in that he goes after Biden a lot, a lot. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's garnered some respect for me. Uh, early on, I thought he was just one of these, uh, you know, I don't like uh, this, that. But I kind of like the guy now, Charlemagne okay. uh, the God. Yeah, you'd, you'd like him, too. He, you know, again, he, you're not going to like him every day. Trust me. But yeah. there are days at least, like Bill Maher, where he uh, where he comes up big. So wait, so you're going tomorrow night. So so I reach out to Wax Gavin, and I go, listen, I don't wear tuxedos. I just don't do it. I think guys look stupid in tuxedos. I really do. I don't care what color buttons you put on, what stupid bow tie. You look stupid. I said I dress great. You got to let me dress the way I want to dress. He said no. So now I have this uh, extra stress, Andrew, of finding right. a tuxedo so I can eat dinner with you and Trump tomorrow night. I don't need that stress. What what if, what if the forty fifth and potentially forty seventh president is in a tuxedo? Will that will that ultimately say that hey look now I should wear the tux? Or are you still saying you know what no I'm I'm Sid I'm doing this this way? Look, there's no doubt you have a great style sense. You can see it all the time. But what about taking the lead from the forty fifth and maybe forty seventh president of the United States? No, 
<laughs> just like you wouldn't take the lead from me. I mean, I got my own thing, and you know, you got you got nine hundred people are going to be there tomorrow night. Four hundred and fifty guys dressed the same exact way. Again, maybe a different button or a different bow tie. And there's nothing more boring than uniformity. You know that. I have I have no doubt that however you dress, it's going to look beautiful, and you're going to be standing out. And uh, you know we will be dressed. Let's put it this way: if I'm across the room from you, Sid, I'll be able to see you, and I'm looking forward. to I think it. you're at my table. What do you and mean? The president I, will be able to pick. No, no, you I, at the I, same I, table. I, no, I think you're at my table, right by the president's table. I am. I think I'm sitting with your buddy Steve Bannon. As a matter of fact. Oh, he so loves me. You and Steve. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Come to wash his hair before he comes, please. I'm begging you. God. I, listen, I don't, you know, it's funny you, you say your buddy, and I have been very critical of Steve in the past. You're right. Yeah. I've even reached out to some of the Trump people and said, do yourself a favor. Stop telling people you love him. But the truth is, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I don't hate him. And I actually love about 90% of what he stands for. And I know, I really? know he's a major reason why our guy won back in 2016. So I don't, like, I hate Biden. I hate him. And I hate yeah. other Democrats. I don't hate Biden. I just, he's just a little creepy to me. I can't explain uh, it. I, I think I think the thing about Steve that I think a lot of people need to realize, especially in this anti-Semitic environment right now, is Steve really understands the threats of socialism, not just to our uh, political way of life, not to our way of life in America, but also what that means to religion. And so you can look at the direct stems of uh, socialism and how this basically relates to this anti-Israel fervor right now. So you can kind of connect him to this moment in terms of really being one of the first in the Trump camp to really understand this. I mean, this goes back to 2016 when people were still kind of talking and saying, look, the, the Paul Ray, Ryan way, the Rubio way of of doing things in the Republican Party is the right way. When I think we've seen what that basically is doing is that's just a thousand cuts to death versus a hundred cuts to death yeah, that yeah. the Democrats basically presented. So I look at Steve and say, you know, look, he's controversial. There's no doubt about it. I think he likes to be controversial, right? Yeah. But he he's somebody who I think is brilliant and understands the real true challenges of what our country is facing now. Oh, fine. Okay, fine. You can, you fine. You convince me. Fine. God, God, God great. You gotta go give him a hug. God. I mean, make it like, uh, like, like, uh, Curtis and Al D'Amato or right. something like that. How <laughs> yeah. Forget about no, Curtis and Al D'Amato. Curtis once hugged John Gotti Jr., who had him shot oh, 15 goodness. times. Uh, bring him over. Bring Bannon over. Can you bring him over tomorrow night? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a kumbaya session. We are. About that. If Secret Service lets me bring somebody over like that, then we'll. Yeah. Do, if not, then we'll just try to lock eyes. <laughs> no, no, you gotta bring you gotta bring. In fact, we gotta take a picture. Me, you, Bannon, and uh, Donnie. Uh, Donnie, that is called the church. Uh, are you speaking tomorrow night? You're not speaking, are you? I don't think I'm speaking. I know no. I spoke a couple of years ago at the thing. I, you know, I, I'm sure. I know I'm an honored guest. I, I think you're an honored guest. There about oh, what do you mean you guests. think I'm an honored guest? Do you realize my face and the name of this show is on the damn invitation? Is it really? Yes. Go to my oh, Instagram. My goodness. Uh, Andrew, I want you to go to at Rosenberg.Sydney right now, at Rosenberg.Sydney. And uh, your friend Gavin Wax, who I, I can pick out of a lineup, by the way, he put my name and my face and the whole thing on the uh, as the uh, as the honored guest. As an honored guest, yeah. great! I love it. I love it. You well, see it? We are we are honored guests together. Yeah, but I'm not speaking and... either. I'm not. I, I think Gates is going to speak. Trump is going to yeah. speak. And I think Roger Marshall is is going to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think. And Alex Stein, I guess, is the MC. Oh, he is. He's a pretty funny guy, actually. Have you, have you heard of some of his stuff? He sucks. 
He's better than Charlemagne the God, though, I think. I like him more than him. No? Or you like Charlemagne? I don't know. I kind of, do I like Alex Stein? Hold on a second. Hey, Alec, do I like Alex Stein? <laughs> yes, you do. Oh, I take that back. He doesn't suck. I like him. I'm sorry, Andrew. That's good. Well, that's, that's When we see him tomorrow, you can say, you know, look, I, I love your stuff and all yeah. that. I'm sure he'll say the same to you, you know? Right. I'm sure. So far, Steve Bannon and Alex Stein, they can't wait to see me. <laughs> so are you, are you taking your beautiful wife, Z, too, or just going, you're going by yourself? Uh, she'll be there. We're looking cool. forward to it. It's going to be nice. Cool. Mom will be watching Grace, which will be good. I might even, if it's nice enough, we might even just take a nice little stroll over there because it's only about a, about a mile away over here. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yes. Nice. You... So, you know, not too bad. Right in your old stomping grounds, your temporary stomping Yeah, I will grounds. say this. I don't really miss living in the city uh, a lot. There are times I do. The convenience, you know, the, the restaurants are right there. I do. Um, but of all the places I lived in the city, and I lived in the Upper West Side, I lived um, for a long time in the Upper West Side. I lived uh, midtown for a bit. Uh, by far, my favorite area is down there, Fidei Battery Park, where you live. I love that area. I really do. It's it's great, and Grace loves it. We have, it's great. You know, look, I always say, walk out of my building, you make a right, you feel like you're in New York City, which of course you are, but you make a left, you feel like you're in the suburbs because you got the parks there, you got this, you got that. It's really nice. Yesterday yeah. they did. I don't know why, actually, they did this yesterday. Maybe the whole Battery Park City Authority is anti-Semitic. But they did a Christmas tree lighting yesterday on the first night of Hanukkah. Can you believe that? You Steve? can't do a that. Christmas tree lighting. What? No, I know. I, I still went out and enjoyed it. So I don't know. Where was it? Where, where uh, was it? What street was it on exactly? It was right in in uh, Roosevelt Park over here. No, oh, yeah. Rockefeller Park. Right, yeah. right by yeah. Stuyvesant High School. Yes. They had the, the Christmas tree lighting. But I'm thinking, and as I'm singing the songs and being complicit in this anti-Semitic act over here, I'm looking and thinking, why on earth are we doing a Hanukkah lighting tonight? There's not even a menorah. We've got to be a menorah out here. I, I couldn't get it. I don't understand it. But you just, see, this is why, and we're going to wrap up. This is a fun conversation, by the way. I want to keep you on the rest of the show. But I mean it. It's fun. Um, but this is why you're great, because even as you were reveling, and you're, you're not Jewish, in uh, Christmas and your family loving the event, you actually thought, you thought, about me, the Jewish people, and Hanukkah, that makes you, Andrew Giuliani, an honorary Jew. Because the fact oh. you even thought about it, I mean this, the fact you even thought about it means so much to my people, because a lot of you Gullium just don't seem to care. <laughs> Look, now more than ever, we have to care about this. I mean, like I said, this is a, this is a fight against socialism even more than anything. And to see what actually happened, and I was just down, I know I was texting you, while I was uh, in the middle of this uh, board meeting, but the president appointed me to the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum before he left office. And it's I'm one of the few Gentiles that actually sit Love it. on the board there. But awesome. uh, one of the things that we were focused on is how on earth do you end up getting this message out from a social media perspective? And, and one of the things I immediately thought about is we need good communicators, better communicators on this board, because you have former chiefs of staff, the presidents of the United States, Fortune 500 CEOs on this board. What you really need, though, is you need people, maybe not of a younger generation, but certainly you could use some of those. But you need people that can be very good at communicating, ultimately, just how dangerous this is and the direct parallels to today from the Holocaust. Um, I think what we have sometimes uh, in our circle, while we certainly have a, an incredible amount of institutional knowledge in ways to raise incredible funds. They have six hundred million, over $600 million in funds at the U.S. Holocaust Museum. Sometimes it's not quite understanding the actual power 
of social media and the way that actually kids are influenced these days long before they ever get to college Mm. and how their ideas are formed, really starting at five, six, seven, eight years old. And one of the parallels that I ended up using and saying, look, here's a good way to start developing an education plan on this far before they get to college is the Tunnel to Towers and how they actually teach their 9-11 curriculum. They start a kindergarten right there. And I said, look, they say never forget about September 11th. Uh, but we need to obviously the original never forget, which is the U.S. Holocaust. You need to start getting the kids at five, six, seven years old. And that's why it's important to have great communicators on all different forms. And certainly with these kids, as you know, Sid, social media is such an important tool. That was a great, great, great job right there. That was an unbelievable appearance. I can't wait to see you tomorrow night. So enjoy the rest of your Friday and uh, we'll see you good looking tomorrow night. That was awesome, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. I can't wait to see what you're dressed up in and, and that <laughs> selfie that you, me. Who's going to take the selfie, by the way? Is Bannon going to take Are we going to make him take No, you ready selfie? for this? No, you ready for this? You know who's going to yeah. take it? You ready? Who? Who? Trump. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you make that ass. I'll let you make that ass. <laughs> see you tomorrow, buddy. That is a heck of a job right there. That, that was a fun conversation. Great job right there by Andrew Giuliani. He does uh, that podcast. is still called Not That Andrew, right? Making fun of Cuomo? That's it, yeah. It's, it's, it's it. good stuff. Andrew's a smart guy, fun guy. I love that kid. All right, that wraps up two hours. We've got a big hour coming up. I want to talk to Arthur Idala this hour. And yes, folks, I'm going to speak for CPAC in Hungary and Poland. You're going to find out why coming up with a live in studio guest from Budapest at 930 plus week three of Tunnel to Towers Season of Hope. Keep it right here, kicking ass on a Friday. WABC. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital.
Somewhere, my old friend from Polly Prep, Stefan Smith, is still crying. John Leonard murdered 43 years ago today. John Lennon murdered 43 years ago today, 1980. And we all found out, as you heard right there, that audio, Howard Cosell, Monday Night Football, the Dolphins and the Patriots, John Lennon, forever missed. Strawberry Fields, forever. When I get back, I'll talk about my big night last night with the great Peter King, Nassau County, baby. I got to tell you, I do love the people on Staten Island, too, but the best humans God created anywhere in the tri-state area live on the island, and specifically Nassau County. I'll tell you about the big night, plus Arthur Idala and a special guest from Budapest. All that's still to come, Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Again, murdered 43 years ago today, right here in New York City. The Beatles, Harry Harrison, Beatle Breakfast, here at 8.33 on your Friday morning. Before I get to Ricky Gold and Audie Idala, so uh, last night, Peter King, the great congressman Peter King. Somebody asked me this week, um, (laughs) how'd you get Peter King from Sports Illustrated on the show every week? (laughs) I said, no, no, no. And that Peter King is a great guy. In fact, we used to work out at the same gym, Equinox, on the Upper West Side, and a terrific sports guy. This is the other Peter King, the congressman, the great Peter King. He could still analyze NFL, too. Damn right he can. He can do everything. And let me tell you something. For as impressive as Pete is, his wife, Rosemary, is adorable and smart. And uh, she sat with Danielle last night, and he kept giving us uh, looks like, well, you know how that goes. So uh, Peter invited me and Danielle to this this event, it's an amazing event. It's for SIS. And what SIS is, is it is the um, the elite detective unit for Nassau County. These are some badass people. Good-looking guys, good-looking girls, but badass people. Detectives, FBI, Secret Service, counterterrorism, they're all there. And then you get uh, Peter and his wife, Rosemary, who I just mentioned, the best county executive in the world. Bruce Blakeman, I love him. You know, Bruce is a very interesting guy. Not only was he married to a lady who's now married to Paul McCartney, talking about John Lennon, and a great politician. He was a boxer. He actually had 12 fights. He's in good shape. He was a bouncer. I love Bruce Blakeman. He was there last night. Pat Ryder, who's probably the best police commissioner in the world. He's in Nassau County. He was there last night. And uh, some guy named Finton, 
who's a very interesting and smart guy who came over from Belfast and is a big uh, big wig in the Nassau County Police Department. I think maybe NYPD. I'm not even sure. I don't. Doesn't matter. This was just a very impressive group of people, real heroes, real heroes. So I want to thank uh, Peter and all the folks and Bruce Blakeman and and Ryder and all the folks at SIS for inviting Danielle and I. That was a huge honor last night. And the restaurant, oh, my God, was it great. You know this place, Hendrick's Tavern, Roslyn, Long Island. You know this, Ricky? You know that. How do you know it? Great restaurant. I I grew up in Syosset. Oh, your father. Right, exactly right. So this place is uh, it has got rich history, like Florence's Tavern. I know Curtis made fun of it, but George Washington and others ate there and had meetings there. I guess. They need to have meetings there. And um, and they make great steak. It's like Peter Luger. i got to tell you, I love the place. So you know the place well. I do. I grew right. up probably 20 minutes from there. Well, there you have it. Great job last night. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, all of Nassau County. We really had a wonderful time. That is Ricky Gold, and, of course, he's here every week. Juice Reel, J-U-I-C-E, Reel. R-E-E-L, a lot of you folks downloaded the app at the start of the football season. A lot of you folks have contacted me and Ricky thanking us for giving you the information because they do pick winners. You know, all these touts out there, I know a lot of these guys. I know them all, Mark Lawrence, Stu Finer, they're great guys, great guys. But you can't compete with Juice Reel. And it's a really very simple question today, Ricky, is how'd that whole thing come about, Juice Reel? That's a good question. I mean, back in back in 2019, uh, I was actually working in the city as a consultant. Um, but uh, as you know, I grew up around sports betting. The only thing I could really think about at that time was how underserved sports bettors were in terms of tools and, and data points that are actually interesting and and useful. But Juice Reel doesn't have the the classic origin story of of a lot of startups of oh I have an idea I pitch a venture capital company I get some money and and boom you're off to the races plenty of uh, long nights along the way where I wish we had that origin story but uh, you know I had this idea and I was thinking about all the all the things that I needed to do to build it and all the you know the little things everybody would have to do and I actually went on LinkedIn. And I messaged, uh, I looked up engineers uh, in the New York area who, you know, had good jobs. Are you still in, in college at uh, University of Florida at this point or you were home? Uh, uh, I, I was uh, living in the city probably a year or two out of college, okay. uh, yeah. working as a consultant. And I, I messaged these people on LinkedIn in the New York area, smart guys, consultant, uh, engineers, took them out to coffee and actually met him for the first time, convinced him of, hey, I have this crazy idea. This is uh, the part I'd love you to build, and this is what we could all do together. And we spent two years, two years working. We all had day jobs, two years after, uh, after work every day building this product, taking it all the way from, you know, idea to, to App Store launch without raising any money. And, uh you know, it's a, it's a long way to get there. And, you know, obviously we still got a long way to go as a company, but, uh, it was a, quite a journey with some guys wow. I had just met, you know, working every day. No, that's great. Cause I remember when I, um, when I moved down to Florida and I ended up working for, at the time, Sportsline USA. Before there was a ESPN.com, before there was a FoxSports.com, there was none of that. And the guy named, uh, Mike Levy started this company, Sportsline USA. In this little industrial park, right up of Cypress Creek Road in Fort Lauderdale by the Bennigans. Then he, he hired some big-time people, Mark Mariani, Ross Levinson. These are very big names. And he was the very first guy ever to start an online Internet service for sports. 
By the way, that website, Sportsline USA, is right now CBS.com. <laughs> and Levy and Levinson and Mariani and a host of others made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And they started a gambling website, VegasInsider.com. And they had this celebrity website with people like Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Keyshawn Johnson, Tiger Woods, and Pete Sampras had to talk to me and Scott Kaplan on Internet Radio. That was part of their deal. They received stock, and they all made a fortune of money. But they had to raise the money. Levy would have these fundraisers. Maybe he started with 7 or $8 million. I'm not even sure. In your case, there was no raising capital. That's right. First two years, you know, we had to we we just grinded it out, built the product. People people obviously liked the product, and, and they started joining. You know, then then we raised a little bit of capital recently, but uh, you did good. Yeah, yeah, thankfully we had the, Dan Mason gave you all his money. He's got a lot of money. <laughs> Dan, Dan's been a helpful advisor to yeah, us. He's a great guy. Well, listen, uh, thank you for the service that you do. You provide a very nice Hanukkah and Christmas present to our listening audience, and you do a great job here every week. It's always great to see you. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Happy Hanukkah to you and all your listeners. Thank you. The great Ricky Gold right there, folks. Download that app today. Juice Reel. We're getting very close now to bowl time. That starts next week, 41 bowl games leading up for the big one coming up January the 8th, the NFL playoffs right around the corner. Week 14 started last night with that shocking Patriot win in Pittsburgh. And then, of course, you've got the NBA, the NHL, plenty of stuff to bet on. Of course, download Juice Reel at your app store. It's free, and do it today. All right, we'll get to our author, Idala. Sit in friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Ladies and gentlemen, from Los Angeles, California, the dog. Whiskey uh, Go-Go in Los Angeles. This is uh, Jim Morrison. Today's his birthday. He would have been 80 years old. Of course, he died, as I mentioned earlier. He's in that 27 club. Not at the age of 27 like Hendrix, Joplin, Winehouse, Cobain, a host of others. But he's he's already gone 53 years. But I I, 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 I could swear this song was at the Whiskey Go-Go in L.A. Roadhouse. Well, I'm I'm seeing that it's a a compilation of spliced 
performances from New York City's Felt Forum. Oh, the Felt Forum. Detroit's Cabo Hall. Wow. Maybe I'm just, it's the video. It's pretty cool. Uh, that is pretty cool. Yeah, okay. 1970. The Lizard King. The call cool audio idol of the Lizard King, too. I don't know that because he's <laughs> got a huge penis. He, um... My mother's listening, Sid. Relax. She would agree. She's seen it. Trust me. She was the first to see it. Um, what a great song, man. What a great song. Wow. Well, here's the thing about you, Audie. Not only are you a uh, a world-renowned, and again, I go 1-1-A, you and Takapina for the best defense attorneys in the world. You're that great at your job. You're great at it. But I love your zest for music. And, you know, I know you're a big Rolling Stones fan. You've followed that band around the world like many did with the Grateful Dead back in the 60s and 70s. So I know you love good music and you love good rock and roll. And I love that. Bro, you know what the Rolling Stones announced, right? That they're going to go to Tel Aviv to put on the show and show support Israel. I think they announced that. Uh, the day I was out last week, I actually I texted Jim Kerr. Jim Kerr, my dear friend over at uh, Q104, who gets uh, better ratings than I do, to be honest. And he's a wonderful guy. So we had Jagger and Richards in studio last Friday. And I texted him. I go, I'm glad I'm off today. And I think they told him that on his show last Friday. Jim Kerr, I think. Yeah, I don't know where they broke it, but it was, I, so I looked up the, I, last night. I was like, "So when are they playing?" Because I've never been to Israel, and boy, would this be a great excuse! Oh my God! And, um, yeah. What I did not realize was the very first time ever the Rolling Stones played in Israel was in 2015, and they got so much pushback from the likes of your friend Roger Waters of yeah, Pink garbage. Floyd, He's garbage. amongst all these pro-Palestinians. Yeah. They begged the Stones not to play, don't support the apartheid Israelis. You guys didn't play South Africa when they were doing apartheid. How could you play Israel now? But they didn't care. They went on and they, they rocked the house. You know, I think Bon Jovi did the same thing. Uh, I'm dating myself a couple of years. I was in Florida, and Waters, again, was pulling the same garbage Pink Floyd about Israel, don't perform there. And I think Bon Jovi gave Roger the big middle finger. I think so. i got to double-check that. But he is one of the biggest anti-Israel, anti-Zionist, anti-Semites in the world. And I love Pink Floyd. I comfortably numb, and all day I can listen to another brick in the wall. But he is a piece of garbage. But anyway, talking about piece of garbage, (laughs) tell me about the president's son. We've got uh, uh, an indictment yesterday. We've got nine new tax charges That gun charge is still there. That sweetheart deal that he thought he had went away because he lied on his, I guess, in trying to get a gun about his drug use. So how bad is this for Hunter Biden when he wakes up this morning? Okay, so, you know, this is like exactly what I do, right? So if Hunter Biden called me today and said, Arthur, you know, I I want a consultation. I want to come in and see you. I would sit down and obviously go over the indictment with him and what the charges are and and hear his side of the story. And here's the truth, okay? Even if he had some unbelievably awesome explanation for all of this, I would say, okay, Hunter, but I'm just letting you know in my 31 years experience now, and and also following in my father's 60 years of experience of, of doing the same thing, when a special prosecutor, not only just the U.S. Attorney's Office, but a special prosecutor brings charges after months and months of investigation, when this person, and it's not just one guy, he's a special prosecutor, has other special prosecutors working with him and around him, they bring in charges that are going to be looked at by the world, not by like your neighborhood, by the world. 
they don't bring these charges unless they are so confident they are going to win a trial. You know, let me stop you for one second, because you're starting to sound an awful lot like you did and your good friend Judge Napolitano when Trump got, uh, you know, uh, indicted for those silly charges. And, of course, we still haven't seen the last of it in Georgia and D.C. and and all that, but you, you sound it's a very similar conversation. But can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, sorry. But he, but no, but here's the difference. Well, the Trump Florida case, the federal case, Florida federal case, and Napolitano and I are on the same page. Like this is a problem. This this when you come when it comes to taxes, Sydney, these are like dollars and cents. These are easy expenditures. They could see that he said he joined a golf club and spent X amount of dollars on a golf club when it was a porn club. It was a sex club. You know, you can't run from that. There's no way Takapina, me, Johnny Cochran coming out of the grave could stand in front of 12 jurors and say, no, no, it really is a golf club when it's a sex club. So there's, there's no way to fight these things. So the last thing I would tell Hunter Biden is I would say, look, we're going to do everything we can to fight this, to make this horrible situation the best it can be. But you should prepare yourself because everyone else I've represented in a similar situation has done some sort of jail time. And I would be it will be a miscarriage of justice if these charges are what they say they are, that he dodged millions of dollars of taxes and, and did so in such a blatant way. If he does not see any jail time, I'm not saying I want him to go to jail. I'm not saying he should go to jail. I'm telling you, based on other cases I've had that are very, very similar to this, then he should go to jail. That's what justice dictates. As a Democrat, Republican, Chinese, whatever you are, it's like if it's going to be consistent across the board, then and these charges are what they say they are in the indictment, and I believe they are under these circumstances. These guys are not going to screw this up. That Hunter Biden is doing some jail time. I'm not saying he's going to jail for 17 years or 25 years, but he's going to do some jail time. And the person who determines how much jail time he does is the judge. This is not state court where the prosecutor and the defense attorney cut a deal. This is federal court where the prosecutor and defense attorney cut a deal about a range of where Hunter Biden should be in the sentencing, and then the judge makes that actual decision. And you don't know how much jail time you're getting until those words come out of the judge's mouth, X amount of months, Y amount of months. Well, he should go to jail. Not my friend Donald Trump, who for the second consecutive day is back in that ridiculous court here in New York, that whole uh, nonsense trial. Uh, the good news is I'll see him tomorrow night at Cipriani's. But uh, on a serious note, he, he, he is um, clearly being uh, prosecuted and persecuted because he's winning. Hunter Biden is a legitimate criminal. But with that said, just from a legal standpoint, I love Trump. I hate Biden. That's just a fact. I love Trump. I hate Biden. From a legal standpoint... Who has a better chance of going to jail, Trump or Biden? Oh, Hunter Biden does. Good, thank God. It's, it's no, an, no, because, it's, it's no easier, because it's an easier case to prove. Well, I, I know, but the, you it's guys, you guys are making me nervous because more than once, maybe it wasn't you, but I keep hearing the same nonsense about Georgia. That if he loses Georgia, five year minimum. That's it. That there is no other penalty. Five year minimum. So you're scaring the hell out of me with Georgia with Trump. Hey. Yeah, listen to me. Yeah, I know you think your buddies were Trump. 
Rudy Giuliani has been around my family since the 80s, where my father and he were adversaries. I'm representing Rudy. You want to talk about pressure? By the way, Rudy likes me more than he likes you. I'm just telling you he likes me more than he likes you, even though you're his lawyer. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. You're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. First of all, I'm I'm Italian. First so of all, I'm what? Italian. I'm, I'm, right I'm Italian, there, okay? too. I'm playing no, no, you're a lot. You're a wannabe. You're, just because you hung out with Fogliano and Tacopino and Rapino, that doesn't mean you're Italian. You mean right. You're a wannabe. Fair enough. Okay, so just yeah. let's draw the line right there. All right. Hold what? on a second. Hold hey, 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 Justin, before the audience finishes this point, you got to get Rudy on today, and I'm going to ask him flat out on air, who do you like more, uh, Idala or me? Yeah, get Artie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I'm just telling you, this case, in all seriousness, this case with uh, with Biden is it's not a hard case to prove. These tax cases, once they get their act together, and you know how many people are working on this on the prosecution side? You get the postal inspectors, the IRS, the Department of Treasury, then the, the special U.S. attorney. It's like this is not like a one-man show. And again, Sid, they don't drop the indictment until they are so sure that they are going to win. That's why in the United States of America, when you get indicted by the feds, there's a 90% plus chance you're going to plead guilty. It does. Those cases do not go to trial. The only nationally 10% of cases go to trial. 10%. Are you coming here Sunday for Joe Piscopo's big bash? Uh, I don't think my wife's going to let me do that. You know, I work so hard Monday through Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I'm a mommy's boy, daddy's boy. So, uh, by the way, I just had an emotional moment. I just, right before I called you, I just dropped my last, my youngest child, my daughter, my two-year-old angel, Ariana, off to our first day of school, oh. first day of priest of nursery oh. school. Adorable. Adorable. Oh, my hard. God. Nothing like a daughter. Nothing like a daughter. I know. I, that, that day is hard. I remember, and now you brought back a memory for me, when uh, Ava, my daughter, she's 19 now. Yours is only two, God bless her. But the first time I put Ava on a school bus to go to Winston Day Camp outside my parents' house up in White Lake, New York. That camp is in Sackett Lake. And she had a nice little lunchbox and turned around and said, I love you, Daddy, and gave me a kiss. She was going to camp. She wasn't leaving. She wasn't, you know, and I started to cry. I'll never forget my father, who I missed dearly, looked at me and he said, I swear to God, he goes, what are you, a moron? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you, you, my Jewish brothers, you're always sending your kids away to camp. I mean, give me a break. Keep them home. They're going to disappear before you know it. Luca, my son's gotten into two colleges now, Adelphi University, Pace University, and I'm, like, counting, dreading the days. Not that he's going far, but he's not going to be under my roof anymore. Right. It's like, right. wow. I mean, you're experiencing you're, you're international now. With your I daughter, know. So. She's actually coming anyway, home. Last night, we missed you. We were at Rayo's last night. I had invited you. You had a, You were otherwise occupied. But you would have run that whole room. Everybody in that room would have genuflected when you walked in. Who? Uh, who? Yeah, I had I had uh, Peter King and uh, and Pat Ryder and Bruce Blakeman and the whole uh, SIS unit out in Nassau County. These are these are badass folks. I mean, beautiful people, but badass folks. It was a lovely time at uh, once again uh, the ta- the tavern Hendricks Tavern in uh, Roslyn. Who was uh, who was in Rayo's last night besides you? Uh, well, I went with uh, uh, Jerry Foley, who was the executive producer of David Letterman's show for 25 years. Wow. So I got a couple of great wow. war stories from him, and then a real great bankruptcy lawyer. And it was his table, and he's the one who listens to you religiously. My buddy Gabe, he's uh, he's he's a great bankruptcy lawyer. 
And, uh, you know, you just go in there. They're, they're singing songs, Sweet yeah. Caroline. You know, yeah. it's I love it there. No, I love it, yeah. yeah it's, it's a lot of fun. So you'll, you'll come the next time. But in terms of um, what happened with Hunter today, honestly, Sid, if you take all the politics out of it, if his name was John Doe, you know, the, the, the chances of him going to jail are very high. Uh, you know, if anyone else got charged with these kinds of crimes um, that are so easy to prove, they're so easy to prove, he's going to jail. And that's not me being a politician. That's me being a lawyer. Well, I don't need Viagra tonight. Thank you, Arthur. <laughs> you, uh, you're great. Seriously, I, I, you're such a great guest. I know your mom and dad are listening, and I love them, too, the Idolas. And they did a terrific job with you, boy. You're just a class act. Uh, hey, do me a favor. Say a little Louis for me, too. I haven't gone back to... Um, to Ellen B's for Moni Garden since that great night. I got to get back. Uh, Give him my Lenny, best, okay? Lenny. I spoke to Lenny, 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 right, not Lenny, right, was, right, right. Because, you know, I do the whole Christmas Eve meal for my whole family, 25 of us. And he called me last night. He goes, look, I already got you the scoongeal. I got you the crabs. So I'm all cool. ready to give you. And I, uh, he helps me make my sauce and all the seven fishes for Christmas Eve, which is whatever, two weeks away. Yeah, so. yeah. We're fired up. Yeah, fired you know, so I, yeah, I say Louie because I confuse him with my buddy from Gargiulo's, of course. But uh, Lenny, that's right. Arthur, I love you. Thank you so much. We'll do it again next week. Thank you. You're the best, buddy. Be well. You are. Merry Christmas. That's the great defense attorneys. It's a lot of fun, man. Arthur Idala. That brings us to our final hour of the week. It's going to be a great hour. I'm going to speak to a guy from Budapest, a big shot. I mean, a big shot in Hungary. As uh, this may be the day where you find out I'm going to speak in Hungary and Poland. I don't even know. And, of course, it is the Tunnel to Towers Season of Hope Hour. Your chance to donate. I'll say it right now, folks. Start right now. Go to T2T.org. T2T.org. You're going to hear some very inspiring people coming up next hour. And when you hear them, you're not going to have a choice. If, If you're human, you're going to donate. So get ready, folks. Season of Hope, the hour coming up next. Friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. I'm
Listen up. Here's your chance to win tickets before you can buy them to see this great group, Sticks, sing this great song, Come Sail Away, and Foreigner with very special guest, John Waite. It all comes your way July the 23rd, PNC Bank Art Center. So many hits all in one night. That is an unbelievable show. Sticks, Foreigner, and uh, Missing You, John Waite. John Waite. I, I love him. Yes. Love him. You'll be there. I will be there. Be the seventh caller right now, 1-800-848-9222. Win your way into PNC Bank Art Center. Sticks, Foreigner, and John Waite. Oh, man, that's my 80s right there. Caller number seven, 1-800-848-WABC. Tickets go on sale today at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Live Nation, I love those people. They do a great job. LiveNation.com. All right, I've been out the last two Fridays. I was in the PR last week. Thanksgiving was the week before. I know Curtis did a great job in my stead of doing this. Uh, we've got three more of these. This hour, every Friday, now in the next two weeks, is what we call the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Season of Hope First Responder Friday. So every Friday, we set the time aside to encourage you to raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation during the season of hope. And you can do that very simply and support America's heroes by donating just $11 a month. And do it right now, folks, please, at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. So let me tell you what happens. So every Monday for the last couple of months, i got to stay late till like 11 o'clock in the morning, which is late for me because I get here very early. Because at 10.30 in the morning, the last couple of months, I've interviewed all these heroes, and in some cases, significant others and spouses of these heroes, men and women that served our country overseas, police officers, fire folks, first responders, you name it, many of whom were catastrophically injured and in some cases paid the ultimate price. They died. That's a tough phone call, man. And I'm not going to lie to you. There were mornings, Monday mornings, I was kind of dreading it. I'm not going to lie to you. 
not an uplifting conversation, and I was wrong. Every conversation was uplifting. Because when you've got a wife on the other phone who's raising three kids on her own, and she's thanking me profusely for talking to her about her hero husband, I can cry right now just talking about it. It was beautiful. And then you get Frank Seller, who at this point I'm proud to call a dear, dear friend who lost his heroic brother, Stephen Seller, on 9-11. And he starts his Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And what do they do? They build homes for folks that I also spoke to, guys in wheelchairs, girls in wheelchairs. You know, we take for granted every day. We've got arms, we've got legs. Doing the everyday stuff in the house, these folks can't do it. And Frank Siller and Tunnel to Towers build these smart homes so that these people live like we do. And then for the folks, like I just mentioned, that lost their significant others, in most cases, the breadwinner in the family, they can't pay their mortgage. Now their favorite person is gone. They've got two or three kids, and they have to shoulder this relentless burden of a monthly mortgage payment. And Frank Seller said, no. No, you don't. No, you don't. You've been through enough. So the Tunnel to Towers Foundation pays off these mortgages. I can't even imagine what that must be like. I have to tell you that I've got a lot of bills. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not. I know that Margot gets mad when I bitch about money, but I don't make as much as I should. That's fine. The day will come. I live paycheck to paycheck like everybody else. Do I make more than a lot of you? Yes. doesn't matter. It's all relative. And if somebody called me and said they're going to pay my mortgage, that would be about 60% of my nut every month. It's huge. But I don't deserve that because I'm still able-bodied and well, and so is my beautiful talented lawyer wife. But these people who lost their loved ones, the ultimate sacrifice, serving our country so we can enjoy our freedom, so you can get up every morning and put this show on. They do deserve it. So you're going to hear from three people during this hour that I spoke to over the last couple of months that are legitimate heroes. You know, we throw that hero word around all the time. I know I stopped doing that. I I did that for a while, but I stopped. I don't call athletes warriors. That guy's a warrior. No, he's not. He plays ball, makes a lot of money. And I don't refer to people who sing songs or hit home runs as heroes. Sergeant Dale Beatty, he's going to join me this hour. He's a hero. Anthony Lucanto. Patterson Police Department. Happened to be a dear, dear friend of another dear friend of mine, Lou Spagnola, from the uh, Catania family. He died, Anthony. He was a hero. And the same for Nogales Police Officer Jesus Manuel Cordova, who also died. But what I came to find, and I said this at the DAA dinner, where Paul DiGiacomo was kind enough to give me an award, which was really over the top, but I'll never forget it. That night, 12 guys received awards 
Lots of those guys in wheelchairs, shot, stabbed, lost their eyesight. I mean, just heinous stuff protecting us. And um, I remember thinking to myself, you know, look what these people do every day. Look what they do every day. And yet, yet, they are still, whether it's a veteran, a police officer, they are still the least appreciated people among us. It's unbelievable the amount of people that detest and disrespect these folks. But I'll tell you something. Colin Kaepernick's window breaks at 3 o'clock in the morning. Who do you think that son of a bitch is going to call? His former teammate, a cornerback on the 49ers, or the cops? And let me tell you something else. The cops know him. They know what he has said about them. You know what? They'll be there, and they'll be there on time to make sure he's okay. Because at the end of the day, they are the real heroes. With that said, once again, folks, T, the number 2T.org, donate just $11 a month. You won't even feel it, but they will. You will make somebody's life better right now. If you don't believe me, take a listen to this. This is Sergeant Dale Beatty right here on Sid and Friends in the morning. Sid and Friends in the morning. 77 WABC. That's my man, Chad Lopez. That's the best, best radio mind in the business today. The best radio mind in the business today is Chad. And he looks good in a tie, too, this little son of a gun. Look at him. He's a handsome bastard, isn't he? Merry Christmas, Chad Lopez. Merry Christmas, and Merry Christmas to Belinda Beatty as well. You know, we have a special guest. This is unbelievable. I got a a message from uh, Brian Lieb when I was in uh, the PR last week. And he says, Sid, I've got the Director General, the Center for Fundamental Rights in Budapest, Hungary. His name is Dr. Miklos Sando. He's coming in next Friday, and he'd love to come in and talk about immigration, some of the issues around the world, Israel, Donald Trump. You want to talk to him? And I said, absolutely. Sounds fascinating. And then it got back to me from a mutual friend, not Brian, but a mutual friend, that the CPAC conventions which I guess they hold in Hungary, Poland, all over the world, that uh, this may be an, an entry for me to end up speaking at the CPAC conventions all over Eastern Europe, you know, which, of course, they should do. If you're CPAC, you want me, right? You want Trump, you want Sid, that's it. You know about Matt Gates, he's great, Roger Marshall, great. all these guys we're going to see tomorrow night. You want Trump or you want Sid, that's it. So we're going to find out. What's going on uh, around the world from Hungary to New York City? And if, in fact, there's a future speaking at CPAC in Eastern Europe for me with Dr. Miklos 
Santo, and he's coming up next. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Like the uh, the Beatles, Miklos. You can talk at a microphone. Like the Beatles, blah blah blah. I like the Beatles. Okay, good. Today, uh, you may not know this. This guy's the best. You may not know this, but forty three years ago today, on this date in New York City, John Lennon was murdered outside the Dakota Building in New York City. So this is a kind of a somber day in New York. People go to Strawberry Field in Central Park. They lay a wreath. They lay flowers. That, of course is the Beatles. Um, I guess right now you just heard him, Dr. Miklos Santo. He is the Director General, he's a very impressive guy, for the Center for Fundamental Rights in Budapest, Hungary. He's got with him my friend Brian Lieb, who's also terrific and a great voice for Israel and is great on Newsmax. I watch him. And uh, he's got some pretty lady here. I have no idea who she is, but she's mm-hmm. taking pictures. It doesn't matter. Who is this woman, by the way? My chief of staff. Oh, your chief of staff. Okay. She's great. She is terrific. Okay. So you uh, you come in uh, not empty-handed, which is very nice. You brought a book with you, and uh, the book is Last Warning to the West, Hungary's Triumph Over Communism and the Woke Agenda. And uh, the person who wrote this book, Shay L. Bradley Farrell, Ph.D., is a part of uh, your CFR group. So I don't know much about Hungary, I'm not going to lie to you. I've always wanted to go to Budapest because I hear the parties are wild. You're invited to CPAC Hungary. Am I definitely invited? Yeah, could I officially. Speak? But could I speak? Of course, of course. That would be a pleasure for us. Now, when is this? Well, when is the uh, CPAC? Hopefully, we, we had one CPAC Hungary last year, this year, and the plan is to have the next one next year in late April. Something late like that. April, okay. Uh, but by the way, you're going to take care of my flights and hotel and all that, right? Yeah, I mean, of course. Okay, very good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we, we, will, we will solve that problem. <laughs> but on a serious note, uh, you guys, Hungary has seen some significant changes over the years, and you're a very conservative guy, you're a Trump fan. Tell me about the book. Um, look, I will tell you about the book, and I will tell you something about Hungary as well. Uh, in general, I feel that we are, again, in the age of uh, discovery, just in reverse. Uh, a few hundred years ago, uh, Europeans traveled across the ocean to the New World to explore the Americas. And now... American conservatives travel to, to the old continent, to, to Hungary. Why is that? To, to explore and to get to know the Hungarian conservative recipe, the Hungarian conservative politics that can be successful and uh, that, that can make your country great again. And uh, the Hungarian story, to tell the truth, which this book covers, it's, it's not that extraordinary. Um, we Hungarians, we Hungarian conservatives, we are just trying to stick to, to common sense. What, make our, what makes our story so special that the word went insane. The word, the word went, went nuts. While we are just trying to stick to the three values of God, homeland, and family. 
despite the, the accusations, Hungary is still part of the West. We just remained normal. We are trying to protect our Judeo-Christian heritage, our Judeo-Christian civilization, our national identity, state sovereignty, our borders, and we are trying to protect the family and the children from this or against this uh, gender propaganda. That is a great recipe for success, and it sounds an awful lot like why Donald Trump, uh, in my opinion, in my lifetime, I'm almost 57 years old, along with Reagan, were the two best presidents uh, in my lifetime. But I was told, at least, that you are the most conservative figure. Again, I don't know much about Hungary. Are most people conservatives? Are they not? Is that part of the battle, trying to change this country? At one point, was it a socialist? Tell me, what has the move been that you happen to be the most conservative person in Budapest? Me, myself? Yeah, but Uh, is is the rest of the country like you? Is there a battle like there is here? uh um, look, the Hungarian society in general habitually is uh, is conservative. So, uh, of course, the Hungarian public life is also very polarized. I would say that there are two different alternative um, public word or word of word of public opinions. We do have the left, of course, in Hungary, the progressives, the Vogue. Uh, which is quite fragmented and quite uh, in a bad shape. So that's, uh, that's, that's, good. that's a good situation. But if it comes, if it comes to, to national history, if it comes to national identity, if it, uh, if it comes to, to migration, if it comes to the family, and let me tell you this, if it comes to the children, people are very conservative. Maybe, maybe uh, they already got used to the uh, machinations of the deep state of Brussels. Or maybe they got used to the, the, the nasty tricks of the Biden administration and, and they may get used to this whole progressive mainstream agenda. But uh, where the liberals crossed the red line, I think, that was a few years ago when they began to push this rainbow and gender propaganda Focusing on the children, on yeah, the minors, yeah, and in in Hungary, that was the that was the last uh, Trump, drop. Both the camels back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, that, so, that, so, is Trump a very popular figure in in Hungary? Very popular. Yeah, he yeah. On, okay. on, yeah, on the conservative uh, among right fingers, he is extremely popular. He is the only one. To, let me tell you this: he is the only one American president ever who said, "Quote, we love." Hungary. He said that? Yeah. Wow. Free goulash for life for (laughs) For, Trump. For everyone. Yeah, for everyone. So um, you mentioned migration. And when you look at all of the failures from Biden, there are many, many. But a lot of the issues we're even having right here in New York City with the quote-unquote migrant, which I call illegal crisis, all stems from the issue at the border. Donald Trump did an amazing job. You know, guys, I did this show for four years when Trump was president. Right here. You know how many times I said the word migrants? Never. Not once. So when people say, what makes you think Trump would have been any different? Hey, stupid. He's got a four-year resume. I never said the word migrant once in four years. Now I say it every day. What is the migrant situation in your country? Look, the, the best number you can have uh, of illegal migrants is zero. Yeah. And... And in Hungary, the number of illegal migrants within the country is zero. Now, why is we, that? We, we, we sealed the borders, the southern borders, uh, 
physically and uh, legally as well. The, 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 the big story or the big picture is that we protect our borders externally and we do protect the children and the family internally. And while we physically, so we, so we, we, we built that wall, we built the fence on the southern border of uh, Hungary uh, in uh, 2015 when the mass migration began uh, from the Balkans, from, from Africa, from the Middle East, via the Balkans towards uh, the old continent. And on the other hand, we also modified our constitution and the legal environment uh, uh, and implemented much more stricter rules. And even the Hungarian, Hungarian constitution says in a very simple way that illegal migration is illegal. How so about there, that? Yeah, so How there, about there, that? there is a, there, there, there is a, uh, legal solution and the physical solution as well. And it, it's mirrored by the, by the success of the Hungarian migration policy and it's mirrored by the frustration of the deep state of Brussels and of the Biden administration. Right. Because if it comes to the Hungarian democracy or the, or the state of rule of law in Hungary, uh, in Hungary, it, those, um, uh, disputes are not about the, legal environment, right. the status of democracy you. in Hungary. It's about that Hungary tries to protect its borders, tries to protect its constitution, and tries to protect its sovereignty. That's what we should be doing, too, exactly. Dr. Miklos uh, Santo, in the few minutes I've got left, I have distinguished myself, not by any uh, choice. I, I'm just a very proud Jewish guy. I'm not a religious Jew, mind you. I don't keep kosher. I don't go to shul every Saturday. By night three of Passover, I'm having veal parmesan. I'm one of those Jews, you know. But if you say something about Jewish people in the street, I'll kick your ass. I will kick your ass. I've always been that way. And ever since October 7th, I think I'm more of a Jew now than ever. I've actually joined the temple. I did go to Shabbat services and Shabbat dinner, and I want the world to know it. I get very angry when I hear Jewish people taking off their yarmulkes, not going to menorah lightings because they're scared. Don't be scared. F them. That's what they want. They would rather you take off your yarmulke than a dead body in the street. That's a win for them. Don't do that. Don't do that. So all I can say is the last two months I've been uh, very um, boisterous about my loyalty to Judaism and how sick I am about these Hamas and Palestinians, not just Hamas, Palestinians as well, and all the Jew haters across the world. What is it like in in Hungary? Is that a, a country that feels badly for Israel? Is it split like the United States? What's the Israel feeling in your country? Look, uh, Hungary is the most important and maybe the only one true ally of Israel in the European Union. Is that right? Hung- yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we, there were a lot of uh, documents and uh, proposed resolutions, for example, in the European Union or within the UN uh, trying to uh, criticize Israel or label Israel as some kind of a fascist state, and uh, Hungary vetoed all of those uh, proposed resolutions. So Hungary and Within domestically, uh, within Hungary, uh, Budapest, the capital, and the whole country is, let's say, uh, liberals do like this word, this expression. It's a safe space for, uh, for Jews. There is a Jewish, uh, renaissance, uh, in Budapest in Hungary as well. And let me tell you this, what we feel, uh, as Hungarians and why we do sympathize with our Israeli friends is that, um, the fight against anti-Zionism, anti-Judaism, 
and the fight against this anti-Israel behavior is the very same fight that we do have for our European lifestyle. And those fights are against the very same enemies, if you understand. I do. Well, I got to tell you, you are um, you're very cute. Thank you very much. Never described, never described this very cute before, have you? But not on a radio show, no, the man, but you are. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Miklos Santo. He's a director general, the Center for Fundamental Rights in Budapest, Hungary. Clearly a brilliant, brilliant man. Uh, the new book is out from the CFR. It is, again, entitled Last Warning to the West, Hungary's Triumph Over Communism and the Woke Agenda, written by Shea L. Bradley Farrell a, a Ph.D. It is wonderful meeting you. Uh, really, I mean that sincerely. Brian, you know I love you. Nice to meet you as well. And you keep talking, my friend, and I can't wait to see you in Hungary. And tomorrow night, of course. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me and see you at CPEC Hungary next year. All righty. Sounds good. That's Dr. Miklos right there. Lewis, I guess we'll take a short break. we got uh, some more folks to talk to on this First Responder Friday. I do compel you folks. I implore you, please donate as we speak. Please, First Responders the cops, the veterans. It's just 11 bucks a month, $11 a month. You can change somebody's life in a big way. Go to T, the number 2T.org, T, the number 2T.org. The tribute to John Lennon and the Beatles continues, and I'll be back right after this. You know she tells me all the time, you know she said so. Sid and friends in the morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you my best friend. 77 WABC. Boy. Nobody told me there'd be days like these, eight crazy nights a week. Oh, Hanukkah, night two tonight, Festival of Lights. Well, I really enjoyed Dr. Miklos. I'm always so fascinated by life in other cities, other countries. My boy Rocco checks in, Joe and Joe Restaurant, Pearl River. He donates to Tunnel to Towers every time we do these things. Again, T2T.org. And uh, my buddy in Jersey, Jack Manzo, and his wife, Linda, actually doing electrical work for the Tunnel to Towers in some of these uh, places in Jersey. So thank you for that, Jack. And again, folks, as I get ready to sign off this week, and um, God willing, see you Monday, just $11 a month, that's it. And you can pay off a mortgage, build a smart home. You heard these three ladies this hour. Unfortunately, I did talk to people who were catastrophically injured and 
Uh, unfortunately, these three ladies, their husbands all died, all three of them. And they've got a combination of ten kids. And uh, in this case, they paid off the mortgage. But when somebody is seriously injured, uh, Frank makes these smart homes. Eleven bucks a month, you're going to save somebody's life. I mean it. This is the best charity in the world. Mine second is Boxer DCD America. So donate today. It's just eleven dollars a month. T the number two T dot org. That's T the number two T dot org. And uh, John Lennon's still dead. I got news for you. We played a lot of John Lennon today, a lot of Beatles. Me and Lou love the Beatles, and he's still dead. Man, can you imagine what Strawberry Fields will look like again today? Oh. Wow. You know, some, on regular days, you can't even get near it sometimes. Have you gone for a while? I haven't gone I've, for a while. Yeah, I've, uh, a couple of years ago. A couple of years, okay. Years. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I want to go back with you. Okay, let's go. 